it's a whole uh, mode you gotta move in and out of. <sighs> Alright. Vocal exercises. I'm just checking yeah, the game yeah. on stuff, you know, I never... I don't know. I still, you'd think like 37 of these in, I'd know what I was doing. No, because you get to the, you do the first one and it's like, all right, here's what we have to do to make this work at all. Yeah. And then that becomes <laughs> what you do every this time. This is the thing that we do, yeah. <laughs> it becomes the whole procedure every time. Yeah. I'm going to turn you down a little. Yeah, that's probably good. I'm in the monitor. A little hot, I think. So you, how's that? Yeah, that seems. Does that sound that better balance? Better. Yeah. Okay, cool. And do you want... I hadn't actually talked loud yet, so, yeah. Yeah. You're like, let me check this. Do you need me to turn you up overall? No, I think I'm okay now. Yeah. You okay? Yeah. All right. Ready, ready. I mean, I'm not okay, but, like, <laughs> I sound all right. <laughs> there's, a, there's, like, a whole... Um, you, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to be here for a while. There's, like, a Nothing Face song off of the Skeletons record that they put out at, like, 2003 or something, okay. which I didn't give a shit about the first Nothing Face CD. I didn't give a shit about any of them. But that that's that second that might not I don't know if that's the second one or whatever. But it's called Skeletons. Okay. That's one of my like my favorite records of all time. Wow! <laughs> like every song, I love it. I still listen to it. I some, still listen to it. Some really unexpected records come up sometimes, and it's like where you're just like it's one of my favorite records of all time. Like, <laughs> yeah, I say that a lot. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but it'll it'll be. But you so, can have a lot. So it's fine. It, it's so. It's weird because it'll be so focused. It'll there's like this whole subset of albums that I like where that is the only album from that artist, right? That that I'm that I really really fuck with, you know. You just like find, you just find an album from a genre like a niche that just works, and that's kind of all you need. Or it just hits me at the right time, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and I think that's what 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 that Nothing Face album was, and it's like, cause that cause so part of the new metal thing like that that we've sort of talked about was sort of like how do you you know like how do you fuck with those dials and still keep it in that vibe and yeah. on that second record they did it in a pretty interesting way with the vocals like there's the in, the lyrics are really interesting the vocal delivery is really interesting without like he's not a great singer but he fought like when i say like a great singer like he's not like Chad Gray or Corey Taylor, like where he's just going to belt shit out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like a Howard Jones or something. Like a traditionally. Yeah. Objectively yeah. good singer. But he, but they found really interesting ways for him to get the melodic singing thing done in a way that is emotionally impactful. It works. It works for me. It works yeah. for me. But then he's also like, not like a great screamer either. Like he's not, you know, so they, but then they get and they solve that problem in like an interesting way. And because the lyrics, because it feels really sincere, it feels there's something that feels honest about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it works really well for me. I'm having trouble placing what they even sound like because that's one of those bands that just falls into that that big old lump of, you know, turn of the century, new metal ish adjacent acts. Yeah, if you would have heard. I'm sure. I'm, I probably fucking saw them at like Ozfest or something like that. We might have seen them with Pantera. Maybe was it the Astro Arena show? Maybe if they were there, they they might have been there. Um, and I might have seen them live with Mudvayne too. Um, the sequel to Mudvayne. Yeah, but uh, but they have a there's like a song where they're like, "I'm not all right, but I'm okay." <laughs> 
<laughs> and like it, it works in the context of it. And I remember when I was, I remember like a very, have very specific memories of listening to that song in 2005 during the Hurricane Rita evacuation mm. and being like, yeah, I feel this. <laughs> um, Damn. Did y'all, did y'all actually evacuate for that? This would have been, if you would have heard one of their songs, this was the one that was on like Headbangers Ball or Freddy versus Jason or something. Like, but that, you know what I mean? That vibe. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the songs that was on, you know, Headbangers Ball, Freddy versus Jason. Dude! <laughs> but I know exactly, you're right. <laughs> But just the fact that you can say that and have it make sense is fucking ludicrous. And yeah, well, there there was like a, a little period there in the early in like 2003 to like 2005 where like that shit still really really battered. Um, yeah, where where like placement, placement like the placement of your band on a soundtrack or the placement of a band on a Headbangers Ball compilation or something like that. Like that shit could totally like make. <laughs> Make your band. Did they do albums for Headbangers Ball? Did they, they did. Do? I don't I remember two of those. Oh wow. Okay. I listen. I wore one of them almost the fuck out. That was that was what got me. That was. It's gonna sound weird to say. Like got me back into Marilyn Manson because I had sort of like trailed off, but there was a song of his on there that like did it for me. So right. I like picked up Golden Age of the Grotesque and whatnot, and you know, picked it back up. So I guess. I guess that was when Headbangers Ball came back around, right? Like on MTV2. Yeah. Um, say that again? On MTV2. Yes. It must have been. Yes, 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 yes. yes. MTV2 Headbangers Ball. Because I guess I don't even really remember that because I only remember the original, like with, was it still Matt Pan? No, it wasn't Matt Panfield. He did 120 Ricky Minutes. Rackman. Ricky Ragman. Yeah. It was like the early 90s, late 80s stuff. I have almost no memories of watching Headbangers Ball on MTV2 because- right. Uh, the only place I could watch it was at John's house. He was okay, the only yeah. person I knew who had that. And, yeah. and I, I, I was there a lot, but I wasn't there enough. I wasn't there <laughs> when Headbangers Ball was on, I guess. Um, but I bought those albums. Right. You right. know, and uh, there was a lot of cool shit on there. That might have been where I heard Lamb of God's uh, second album, like the stuff mm. off of their second album, like 11th Hour. There was. Um, Wait, what was the first album? No, 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 no. They um, did burn the priest, but that was. Are you? So are you counting? No, 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 no. Um, I had bought New American Gospel, which was their first right. proper album, right? Um, as Lamb of God, but I didn't really get it. Um, well, no, I just forgot that New American Gospel existed. Got it. And that's that um, was my hang up there. And yeah. so then, when As the Palaces Burns came out, I didn't immediately go and pick it up. Yeah. Um, and, but then I heard there was like the song, like 11th hour, like I forget which was on which, but the song like 11th hour was on one was on Freddie versus Jason. And then the other one was on the headbangers ball, um, <laughs> compilation. And so, um, I was like, well, clearly this is fucking God tier shit. I have to buy this immediately. So, yes, but yeah, the, there was like that that period of time, late '90s, early 2000s, when, um, against all odds or reason, uh, horror movie soundtracks were just like banging. Yeah, that was, was like the fucking place to be if you were a new metal band. It was a weird or even traditional metal, really. 
Yeah, it was this really weird intersection. And I almost feel like that was the last, that was like one of the last hurrahs and like the last sort of things where like all the infrastructure of the movie industry or all the infrastructure of the music industry that they could actually kind of dictate what was popular like where they could um, dictate too strong of a word but they could influence you know, Strong, yeah strongly influence right 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 and, it, and it's like all right well if we sure. put this if we push to have this band on this soundtrack and then we push to get them on Ozfest. Um, and mm. then we get their merch and, and hot topic. And then that's going to, you know, like, mm, yeah. and, and, and this was all, because that's the thing that like a lot of people don't remember, don't know about Ozfest or don't realize about Ozfest is like, they didn't like, actually, my understanding is, I mean, maybe not in some cases, but I think for like the smaller bands or whatever, like they didn't pay those bands, uh, to be on Ozfest. It was just exposure. Yeah. It, literally. <laughs> the opposite, even. Like, the label would pay for them to be on Ozfest. Like, there would be, like, a oh, they buy Oh, they were buying exposure in that yeah. case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my understanding that that Wild. was, that that's what the case was for, for a lot of, you know. I mean, but it's like, not to just turn into, like, oh, shit on record labels or whatever, but, um, or shit on that or that whatever, but, like, I mean, it... I mean, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but if you're looking at it from like a business mindset or whatever, like that's a that might be a real smart investment, you know, to like, oh sure, yeah, you know, f put up the the money it takes for those guys to survive for the three months they're on tour, and you know, then then now everyone knows who the fuck they are, yeah, you know. So, but that was all happening around that same time. You know, where you had yeah. Ozfest at its at its peak. You know, you had because it was that was '96 was the first one, right? Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yes. Because I'm trying to, th I'm thinking of all the stuff like, not even always horror movies, but like Escape from L.A. soundtrack, Spawn, and right. Bride of Chucky, and like the like Final Destination. Yeah, or like, like the, even like Punisher, even like the 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 Punisher, which. I forget which which Punisher movie, which it was Warzone or the other one, but they put out a Punisher movie during that time huh, period that okay. had a bunch of stuff on. The Queen of the Damned, great, you know, great choice, yeah, great. One. Ha had all that stuff, you know, and exactly. And the, the 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 to me like one of the OG, right? Like like the of of this whole thing, the crow, yes, the progenitor of that. <laughs> yes, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, totally. <laughs> what a fucking album. Yeah, which was ninety four. Yeah, ninety three, ninety four. Mm -hmm. This the, the the sequel, the one for City of Angels, is really amazing. Also, I remember that also being good. It had the filter song on it, I think. And uh, and Boogeyman, the Rob Zombie oh, slash yeah. White. Well, it's it says White Zombie, but it's Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because it was on Super Sexy Swinging Sounds, wasn't it? No, they didn't it put wasn't. it. On, I thought they put it on there. I don't think so. Okay. Um, but that it was released like right at that. I think it was right at that transition between White Zombie and Rob Zombie. Right. So it was technically a White Zombie song, but it ain't a White Zombie song. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there was a cool Hole song on there, I remember. Oh, um, man. So, but, but yeah, like those, those, but th those are, those sit, that first Crow soundtrack is in a category 
all by itself. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, maybe you could say that another one that kind of fits in that same vein with me, but f- for different reasons in different ways is the Natural Born Killer soundtrack. Yeah, I don't remember a lot off that soundtrack, just bits and pieces. Well, it, it's really more of like a reflection of like 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 if you just heard the Crow soundtrack as like a mixtape, you'd be you'd be like, my God, what an am- what a holy shit. What an amazing collection of songs. Yep. Um, the Natural Born Killer soundtrack, because of the way that music is used in the movie, and the soundtrack also intercuts, intercuts, intercuts scenes and pieces of dialogue. Right. So it almost recreates the experience of the movie. It's like oh, it's man, a it's weird. like a it's like a different way to experience the movie. Right. Uh, because you're here you're hearing a little piece of dialogue. And then you hear the full song, you know, but you're still, but th- there's that piece of dialogue that like sets the scene. So you have the imagery in your head. Right. If you've seen the movie, you know, like what part you're right, 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 right. supposed right. to be referring and, to. And there was, you know, there, uh, like that was when I got exposed to like, uh, Leonard Cohen, for instance, was on, um, the Natural Born Killers soundtrack. And like, uh, was it Nustrat Ali Khan? The, was it Quali, the style of singing that he does? But um, unfamiliar. Anyway, um, but the why the hell is it not on their Wikipedia page? What the soundtrack? So because yeah, I'm trying to think of what it was on that soundtrack. The which one? Natural Born Killers. Oh, because it was like I remember it was a that was an album that I always. I never actually bought it because there were so few soundtrack, there were so few songs that I already knew on it. So I like I could never make that oh, okay. cost okay. Okay. justification work. Okay. Um, I can't even remember what it was though. Lost Highway is another one. Okay, <laughs> fucking Cowboy Junkies was on there. That's good. Oh, they had a Nine Inch Nails song. I guess probably what it was. Burn, but burn. Oh, a couple is... of them. Something I can never have. Right. Burn. Burn is only on there though. Or it's not on an album. Maybe it showed up yes. on, on an EP or a B side to a single or something yeah. else. I was like, I was like, well, isn't that the song on the crow? But no, that's the Cure song on the crow. Yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, 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 yeah. The Nine Inch Nails song on the crow is Dead Souls. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. With the, the rooftop scene, which is oh, oh, yeah, good, <sighs> so good. Not, yeah, that that era of of soundtracks for. Typically horror adjacent, but it could be anything really. Well, they this has they, some really good soundtracks. Well, they serve the purpose of what you know, like a Spotify playlist serves now. I guess I don't. I guess I don't know what purpose a Spotify playlist serves now. <laughs> is well, my problem. <laughs> well, so so you know, like you might go. And like, oh, well, you know, new, new dark metal or whatever, N-E-W or whatever. And it's going to be like, I mean, it's going to be like 30 songs or whatever, but it's going to be, oh, here's the new behemoth. Here's the new this. Here's the new that. Blah, 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 blah. And it's sort of like different radio stations or whatever. And it updates every week depending on what new albums came out and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Um. These soundtracks, in a lot of ways, would function as that for like a given month. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, it's like a good sampler of where things were at. 
Right, right, right. Very broadly, you know. And but it, but like music that you weren't going to hear, like you weren't going to hear these songs or this collection of songs on. You're not going to hear this song anywhere, but on your <laughs> oh, in your car <laughs> on this movie soundtrack, and that's the bottom line. Um, that's the way it should be. Stone Cold sets up. Um. Uh, but yeah, like you weren't going to hear like all the stuff on the Crow soundtrack. You weren't going to hear that on the radio. You know, you might, yeah. you might stumble upon something and hear one of those at one time or, or something like that. But so it was a way to get exposed to, it was a way to get exposed to a curated set of music. Yeah. And so and it's crazy to think about like the effort <laughs> that would go that goes into getting a soundtrack produced. Um, that's just just for like that, like that you could just like go and find any fucking dick shit playlist or whatever, and like here's a curated list of music. Boom, bah. Right. Let me go ex- get exposed to some new stuff that already has some stuff in it that I know I like. Um, yeah, because I can't even really think of what soundtracks today are like in that way every once in a while they're they they form us they serve a similar function like a guardians of the galaxy soundtrack or something like that yeah like one of those sort of like nostalgia trip movies that 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 where that's like part of it and it's like oh what songs did they use in the thing yeah um but uh, yeah, I guess that's a really specific example, and that uh, that makes sense. Uh, but I guess it's more generally because like these are movies that like fucking who cares about Queen of the Dam? Who gives a shit about Bride of Chucky? Right, right, but the right. soundtracks were fantastic. Right, so. right, 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 right. Well, and it's it was also like a time whenever you know like you would have like oh this is a scene when Ben Affleck Daredevil puts on his hood and then Evanescence starts playing or or whatever like that's what would happen in the movie and that doesn't happen in superhero movies anymore. Well. It does there, once there, in a while. There are bits and pieces. Yeah. It does once in a while, but it's not. I get, but I get, it's, it's never to a song like that. It's unless it's a Guardians movie. It's just it's just to the rather forgettable Avengers score or whatever. But even when it is something like that in the Guardians movie, it's to a, like a classic song or like the scene in Miss uh, not Miss Marvel, um, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, just the, a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a again. It's a throwback song. It's not to introduce you to this. Yeah, music. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not to you know. Yeah, it's the same with both of those movies. Because yeah, because those are period pieces for right. all intents and purposes. Right? Sure. Like sure, 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 sure. Uh, uh, so it doesn't. It doesn't function in the way that it was like we're gonna like all these kids are going to the fucking mall. They're gonna go see the Daredevil movie. We're gonna make them hear this song, and then they're gonna want to go to Hot Topic and buy this T-shirt or this band. <laughs> you know, it wasn't done in that. It's not done in that fucking way. Sure, yeah. N- not in a way that I understand I, or have any comprehension of. I guess I just never, it never registered for me that that's how soundtracks were meant to function in movies back then. To me, it was just like, oh, here's here's current music that we're going to put together because it vaguely fits this theme or whatever. Is I, was, I, I always took it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously there's, there's like the business side of things. Right. Which... You just don't think about if you're going to a movie and listening to the music. Right, yeah, like, th- there would have been, like, competition. Like, there would have been, like, you know, like, people on Roadrunner were, like, would have been, like, you know, making the phone ring off the hook to get Il Nino on the Freddy versus Jason soundtrack or whatever, you know? Right. Like, 
I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about a uh, the soundtrack to. Um, it wasn't a soundtrack. It was a compilation that was done by Vagrant Records, uh, in the early two thousands, which they got a bunch of bands on their labels, which were primarily like new metal or, or like, metalcore bands to do punk covers. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the dudes on the podcast was the singer from The Bled, and he was he was on there, so okay. he, they had him talking about it and stuff like that. Uh, and he was describing how they got that slot on that album Mm -hmm. and it was just i mean this was a case where the label was doing the whole thing themselves with their bands right okay uh but it was like well another we would have done the uh we would have done the the misfits cover or whatever it was but somebody some other band fucking uh uh black parade band chemical romance chemical romance had already chosen that one of course they did for that so we got to do the uh bad brains cover i think it was okay um and the way he described it, it was like, you can do one of these three Bad Brains songs. Like, it wasn't like, pick one that you like. If you like yeah. Bad Brains, it was just like, here are the three that we somehow have rights to do or something like that. Yeah. And you have, like, a day to do it. Here, You have, like, six hours to bang this out. Yeah. While you're in the middle of the Warped Tour. Like, yeah. find a day where you can make it happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So, oh, you're, oh, you've got an off day in, in fucking Wisconsin. Exactly. Find a studio in Wisconsin. Yeah, book space at this hole-in-the-wall place and record this song that you don't really want to deal with. That's oh. not even your first choice. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So weird stuff like that. I'm sure that was, like, the norm. That's definitely going to be... Rather than the exception. Well, and that's another reason that... Another aspect of this, why people that, that people don't consider is that... Why there would be so many like com- like oh well put a new song on a soundtrack put a this, this you know what I mean or or like commissions and whatnot and stuff and and another reason why it's like oh let's get all this like niche new metal and stuff is that it would cost a fuck ton of money to put you know to put like fucking Metallica in a movie. To put, you know, to do all that. Now that I bet that Mission Impossible Two soundtrack cost a lot of money to make. <laughs> exactly. Well, and 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 it's and like as of late, like Metallica, like the past like ten years or so, like Metallica, like kind of like loosened the reins on their placement. Yes. And stuff like that. But for a while, that you 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 wouldn't, you'd never hear Metallica like in a movie and shit like no, that. No, and that song that was the reason for the whole Napster thing. That song, apparently, I didn't realize that until recently. One of the things that I think, yeah, and and. I, I think specifically one of the aspects of it was that it was a, it was like a, a, a an early version of it, got leaked. Yeah, something like that. You know, and like because that that's a piece of it that that that's often missing in the narrative, and like I don't know, maybe it's fucking bullshit or whatever, and maybe I'm wrong, but it wasn't just that they were, because people want to spin it as if it's like, oh, these guys are mad because people were downloading Master of Puppets, and they didn't, and they weren't getting their money. Yeah. Right. Um, but another important layer was that there were things of theirs that weren't that they had not released mm-hmm. that that had been spread that they could not that they had no control over, no say in that they could not get back. Yeah. You know, because some some somebody that was working at the studio they had recorded at like leaked it, you know, shit like that. And like, mm-hmm. I'm sure it was both. You know, I'm sure there's some aspects of both, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, a piece that people don't talk about. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's funny that it was that song that 
that sort of spurred things off and then because that song fucking sucks it ain't great <laughs> um i don't think they they play so many random songs live and i don't i don't i don't know if they I, play that one <laughs> i don't know that i've ever seen them play that yeah um, maybe it's somewhere but but yeah like that that whole ass i mean that that's a whole the whole like film placement all that sort of stuff like because i know people who who work in composing like like film scoring and whatnot and man that shit is frustrating because someone will 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 put in a temp track and the temp track will be like u2's like beautiful day or some shit right you know and and they're like can you you know write something that like does this and so you as a composer are stuck with to like all right what not just what does this song do right but what is it about this song that is making the director like what part of this are they tracking as being essential right what what is it about this track that made you pick it yeah to, that that it works for you with this scene so well and because that's what you want me to do that's what you want me to emulate right and so that's yeah i've i've seen that art that uh not argument but like i've seen that pointed out mm. a lot uh, for the for why movie soundtracks sound so generic and samey, <laughs> which is because they are by design. Because it's like, well, here's there's this really cool part in this in the trailer or in the in this section from I don't know the Dark Knight or whatever. So we're gonna put that as the temp track. So do something like that, uh-huh. and you do something basically like that, and then it just sounds it just incestuous all the way down. Right, um, right. So it, I'm sure it doesn't always happen that way, but like that's. It makes a lot of sense because the whole temp track thing is a huge like kerfuffle, as right. far as I know. Well, and it and it and it also sort of becomes it becomes like a a, a cultural language. Like we as an audience are accustomed to those those motifs being cues for you know for certain rhythms and beats in the story and whatnot. Right. So this it's is a, what a surprising scene sounds like. This is what an action packed scene sounds like. Right. Yo. <laughs> 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 So it becomes, blew you out of your headphones. <laughs> yeah. So it becomes a really efficient way to get that done. Yeah. You know of, you know, because otherwise, if you're going to do a sound, if you're going to do a novel soundtrack, um, when it works, it's amazing, but it could also totally ruin <laughs> a, a movie. You know, um, or it could just be too much to ask for an audience. You know, for them to sort of. Uh, you know, like adopt a, a different language, you know, like a different um, to, to feel something different. <laughs> I guess like what I'm saying is like, OK, normally it's it's these notes, this group of notes, this type of progression, this type yeah. of tempo, this type of timbre of sounds that that means this is, you know, something's about to happen or means that the climax is happening or means that um something unexpected is about to happen or whatever. And if you're like, you know what, instead of doing that, you know, we're going to, um, we're going to, we're going to do something that sounds like the Eagles. Um, and it just, it's depending on the kind of movie, if your audience hasn't already completely bought in, you know, you might, you, you might not, they might not stay with you. Um, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the, uh, I think the reason I've I've seen that pointed out so much is because of um, composers themselves being uh, upset about it, mm-hmm. where it's like you 
that's what I meant by the whole temp track thing in, in the first place, which is like, if you put, if, if the director comes along in an early stage of the movie where there isn't anything to write against for the composer, mm-hmm. you know, to take inspiration from and write something for, uh, and they just say, I want a part that sounds like this, then you're like stuck with that. Yeah. And you're instantly pigeonholed into being not creative anymore. For sure. Uh, and so I can see how that would be like, hugely deflating yeah but that's what that that's what that job is though like that's i mean i guess that is what that job is to some extent but it's like if you can't uh, i could see it going both ways if you can't even if you don't even get a say in what the idea of what you want it to sound like you know what i mean like yeah i mean it's going to vary from project to project but those are definitely like some worst case scenario projects yeah. that are just that are just going to be the nature of because it could be that the director just has an idea for what they want yeah tim tracker no and and this is another thing too so, like you might not get it like you it might be your job to supply the music right but you might not get what the director is going for yeah um right exactly you know? I've had that happen on sessions and whatnot where um, it's it's gone it's gone multiple ways, but um, there's there's this one dude that I've done. His name's Brad Rushing. He cinematographer does a lot of shit. Um, look up his IMDb. There's a lot of shit on there. He has some new stuff on that new. Right. There's a new movie. Uh, I think a movie um, that just came out on Netflix, and there's another one coming out on HBO soon that he did cinematography for this past year anyway but he does a lot of music on the side i've done a lot of drum tracks for him um and there have been there have been like times where it's like okay he's like well like i hear the track i'm like man i love this track this is a great track this is you know and, and like in my mind like i see it i see the complete beautifully orchestrated perfect arc of a drum part and and that's not what he wants at all. He's like, I want, uh, you know, can you do like kind of like some swish brushes stuff? And he's amazing to work with because he does trust you, but he also does have a clear vision of what he wants, right? right? Like he wants, he know, it, it, and he is, he's the, he's the perfect scenario because he knows, he knows what he wants in a very um, abstract's not the quite quite the right word, but he knows. He knows how he wants what he knows how he wants to feel. Yeah. And so he's not going to he's not going to like fuck with you on the details. Yeah, he knows the feeling he wants to get across, but he won't nitpick how you get there. Exactly. And if you're doing something that's not making that feeling happen, then he's going to throw out ideas and he's going to like, "Oh, try this, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this, maybe this." Mm-hmm. But he's not going to he's not going to you know he's going to trust you to to solve those problems, right? Right. And so it's one of its best case scenario, right? Cool. But there have been instances where it's like I'm like, yes, I know exactly what this track needs. Let me do, like, let me do what I'm thinking, and I do like a pass of it. And he's like, yeah, maybe maybe some brushes, you know, maybe some this. And then when I let go of like my expectation and my attachment to like my idea or whatever, and then I like hear it, you know. Sometimes not even while I'm playing the track, like while I'm listening back. Yeah. And then it'll be like, oh, I get what you're going for now. I see. Cool. And so there's, that's like, it's a tricky dynamic because you're an artist too. Right. 
But like, uh, that's not the job. But yeah, but, this but isn't, right. Know. But the job isn't really to do your art. The job is to kind of, you know, support their whatever they're trying to do. Yeah, it's like to, to bring their vision to fruition. Yeah, and yeah. And, and he does like kind of like singer songwriter folk kind of stuff. So he doesn't need intricate, crazy, whatever drumming or whatever. Like he doesn't need, he needs, he needs feel, texture and, and pocket from me. Yeah. You know, and like musical reactivity, you know, but it's, but I've, I've done other sessions and things where, where someone doesn't know what they want. They just know that I'm not doing it. And maybe they know a little bit about drums. And so they really will fixate on like the one thing they heard me do that they could understand and they're yeah. like, hey, you're opening the hi-hat on the and of two. Can you try opening it on the and of four? Every other measure? You know, like st stuff like that. It, I've been that guy for sure. With with me? Probably. No. I'm Because that's how, that's how I tend to think about those sorts of things. And that's how I would communicate it as well. It's like, I don't know exactly what it is I don't like about what this is doing, but it's the, I, here's a, here's an example. <laughs> that's di It's different whenever you're like, it's different when you're in a band. Oh, sure. And it's not like a transactional relationship. Right. Yeah. And it's, and uh, because there's a, there's like a certain, and, and it's different when you're in a band and, and it's like, all right, well, we're working together to, try to figure out how to make this thing sound like us and sound unique and sound this and that's sound the difference that. yeah um because i've definitely done that the other way where i'm like try that fret no <laughs> right, exactly yeah no that one try that one okay play the riff i'm gonna tell you which note i don't like yeah <laughs> you know yeah i know what you mean exactly and so it's it uh and, it, and it's like it's not really that <clears throat> it's 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 that there's like a I mean, it's kind of frustrating because there's there's like a language gap, a yep. language barrier where, you know, where someone doesn't have because it's not their job. It's not their job to like, you know, like you don't like someone doesn't you don't come in like when someone's like painting, like if someone's job is to paint and then tell them like what it's like, oh, right there on that spot, you use the wrong grade of paintbrush. Right. You know, da, 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 da. And I need you to redo these bound, you know, these, this, I don't think you taped that well enough when you, when you did this with the fine brush, you know, no, 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 no. Like you, you know, you're like, I, I don't like this <laughs> and they have to figure out what you don't like about it. And that's yep. kind of, that's just kind of the nature of it. That's just kind of part of what it is. And it's frustrating and it's really stressful. <laughs> yeah, totally. On all ends. But I can imagine like that, that composing aspect of it being, you know, it gets a similar, I mean, imagine it's a similar thing because you're, it's like, hey, put, put yourself into this, <laughs> you know, and there is a difference. Brad is a musician. So I am, there is enough of a common language where I am talking to a musician yeah. with songs he's written and I'm playing a part in those songs. I imagine it's it's like even more difficult whenever like someone doesn't even understand music. They just understand feelings of sound attached to images <laughs> uh, yeah it, in a weird way it's like it's exactly what we heard the dudes from uh airship talk about in the fucking synthwave documentary gunship gunship airship uh gunship where they were like 
we don't even use musical terms in the studio. We just say, turn up the aliens or turn up the Terminator yeah, yeah, yeah. or turn up the Goonies. Or uh-huh, uh-huh. Give, it, give it some more Goonies. Give it a little more Blade Runner. Give it some more Blade Runner, yeah. Uh-huh. Which, that's all that is, but it just so happens to – there's a weird intersection that works there. Yeah, man. I have probably listened to their self-titled album like a hundred times since, <laughs> since we did the Synthwave episode. Fuck yeah. That's cool. <laughs> Yeah, I I got it. That that became my lane. Like the synth pop that like th- that's that's my synth wave lane. So Awesome. Like so yeah, them and the Midnight. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Um th- Midnight put out a, a a new record like a few weeks ago called Heroes and it is the poppiest the poppiest pop 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 record that I that I have loved <laughs> in 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 like a long, long, long time. Um, it is is poppy as fuck. Like, don't is don't... it instrumental or is it oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but it's like it's a really strange mix of like, like just condensed, boiled down elements of pop music, but mixed with like that that like fever dream roulette of of eighties random 80s elements yeah okay you know what i mean where it's like oh well here's a tone that sounds like the keyboard from jump here's (laughs) here's this little melody that sounds like this random 80s song and here's a guitar tone that sounds like u2 and and you're so it's like it's it's it feels very intentional to like create this feel that that nostalgia feeling but it's also done in a very artful way while still making just unapologetically modern pop music (laughs) interesting and and using some of the motifs and whatnot of modern pop music and whatnot so yeah um that's cool though but yeah i've I've listened to that a a lot (laughs) yeah you converted me sir getting there you're, st- you're still sticking with the instrument the, the the vocal uh albums i i noticed <laughs> well th- there's like a play there's a few different playlists that, I, that i'll listen to too that are instrumental but like gunship like playlists that gunship made <laughs> they're like they're they're synth whatever list hey if you find a way in then fucking whatever um but yeah those tend to be my th- those those few are my favorites right now cool um but yeah like the like, door is open it, it why the fuck open <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, you know, but yeah, that, that aspect of working in soundtracks and composing and whatnot, I bet is stressful. So like, have you seen, uh, like forgetting Sarah Marshall or whatever? Yeah. Anyway, that, that's like one of the whole like subplots of it is that Jason Siegel's character, like that's his job is that he's like a composer for like a, a show or whatever. And anyway. Okay. It's been a while. I don't remember. So he's like, Oh, well you need, it's like a crime show. And he's like, let me guess. You know, like, cause he's like fucking around doing stuff and the sound mix, you know, like, it's like, Hey man, you know, just, just keep it, keep it regular, you know, just, just maybe, maybe something a little more, a little more dark and ominous, <laughs> you know? And anyways, um, so, but yeah, one of my friends who does that kind of works like, yeah, that's, that's exactly how it is actually. <laughs> Spot on. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, ever since I made that, that playlist and we did that episode, I've been listening to the that uh, Carpenter Brood album, the trilogy, mm-hmm. where just they just he just put his three EPs together oh, okay. as an album. Okay, fucking so good. Well, you were already deep into that dude, though, right? I, I, I listened to a fair amount here and there, but I'd never like put on one of his albums a lot. But okay. that that has become the album that I just keep going back to and back to. Nice, man, it's good. 
I like I I keep I'm I keep wanting to watch that documentary again. <laughs> yeah, I kind of do too. <laughs> it was so good. It was. I mean, I, just a bunch I, of interesting dudes talking about the stuff they make. Yeah, and then John Carpenter over top of it all, just being amazing. Being John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. I I I, I looked for <laughs> I tried to find because they had done like a DVD <laughs> release of it, like as to like a Kickstarter or yeah. some shit like that, and I kept trying to find like copies of the fucking DVD. Not easy to find. Nope. Like, see if I can find, like, there's some special features on this shit or some shit like that. I, need, I It's like, I need the uncut interviews. I'm like, that's that's what I want. That's what I want is the Lord of the Rings extended edition. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, basically. Like, I just want, I want to see, I want to, I want to see every minute of footage that you shot with the gunship guys. Cause, yeah. Because everything that those dudes said felt like so fucking insightful. Um and yeah. goddamn interesting. I want the whole, I want the whole thing. <laughs> and then show me everything that you shot with a uh, Stallone eighty four or whatever it is. Oh where yeah. Just like an old cranky British guy just <laughs> talking about how he doesn't fucking understand electronics I and know. technology. How do you, you get a song on iTunes? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Oh man. It's a, a great juxtaposition to like all the kids in that in that documentary. He's the only Gen Z that makes synthwave. He's the oh, only guy fuck. out. Or Gen Gen X, he's the only guy yeah. out of Generation X that makes fucking <laughs> synthwave. He just like happened upon it in the in the weirdest, most natural way possible. Like he just had the right equipment laying around. He was like, I don't know, I just fucking made a song. What do you want? I don't care. Yeah, it's very much like just not giving a fuck attitude and just like leave me alone. I don't want people to talk to me. <laughs> like man, this dude rules. <laughs> I was I, I, I was talking about that dude. I, I, I brought it up. I forgot what context, but because he was like, you know, I was talking to Justin about it. And, uh, but like the, Hey man, this doesn't even sound like you. And he's like, well, I fucking made it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What do you want me to, you know, uh, like posting new tracks to his Facebook page. I think it was. And people yeah. leaving those comments. This doesn't even sound like Stallone 84. Like, was it Stallone 84? It doesn't sound right. It, 80 Stallone. There we go. Okay. That's what it was. 80 Stallone. Uh, yeah, this doesn't even sound like an 80 Stallone track. I was like, oh, I fucking made it. It is. What do you want? Yeah, man. Just oh, that's man. great. But yeah, excellent shit. So, um, uh, I keep I keep meaning to go back and ask when when you brought up Rita earlier and and evacuating. Oh Rita. fuck! Yeah. Oh uh, man, do we want to talk about that? I don't know, but I, <laughs> th- that brought up a really funny memory that I have of when we did that. Uh, but uh, did y'all evacuate or did y'all stay here? Oh, I evacuated, yeah. You, evac- you made me, it up. Me and my mom evacuated up to uh, Palestine. Okay, right. Okay. And, so, Yeah, and then I was there for like two weeks or like 10 days or something. And then I went to Nacogdoches with Jet for like 10 days right, or something or, or two weeks or something. And then I went out to Katy with Mark for like another week. Oh, wow. And then I finally went back home to Beaumont because I was Beaumont was closed for like a month. Yes, right. So, yeah, because that was where it hit primarily. Yeah. Uh, but the, the the memory that that brought to mind was because uh, we, I was still living in Dayton. Okay. With my mom at the time, um, and we didn't leave early. Like we waited till way fucking too late. To Same. Leave. Um, and so I just remember we, when we eventually tried to, we were going to go to San Antonio to stay with her mom. Okay. Uh, and so we started taking, you know, leave Dayton, take 90. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, oh shit. I'm trying to think now. Oh no, I know what it was. I know how we got there. We, we were going to go to Liberty first because we were going to go to, to, 
uh, I think Jasper, because that's where mm. my grandparents lived. Okay. Maybe we were gonna go up there, which was a bad idea because they got they got it way worse than we did. It. But that's but but at the time, it seemed like it was going to hit Houston. Yes, exactly. And it was gonna hit that area, and then sort of at the last second, it it it, it just didn't. it hung a hard right. Yeah. And you know, destroyed Beaumont and Port Arthur. You know. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um. So we were going to go that way, and then leaving Dayton, that's what it was, leaving Dayton, you go to Liberty on 90, and there's the two ways, you know, and you get to the to Trinity River Bridge there, and there's okay. two different ways across it. And um, when we tried to go that way, traffic was, like, so fucking terrible yeah. that it took, it was, like, a six-mile track between the towns. Right. And I think it took us, like, an hour and a half yeah. To get just to Liberty. Yeah. And then we got that far and we were like, we don't have a lot of gas. There's no gas to get. Yeah. We, it was like a two hour drive ahead of us. If the if traffic is anything like this, which it seems like it's going to be because people are right. filtering that way, there's no way we're going to do this. So we, I, I'll never forget like the, the imagery of the eastbound 90 being just packed. Yeah. As far as you can see. And then us just making a turnaround on Trinity River Bridge. Like, and there were cops like, don't go that way. Don't fucking go that way. Telling us not to turn around. But we just like turned around into the opposite way. And like, we were the only ones going that way. It was a completely empty road. (laughs) How wild. And and we just drove back home. And and that was that. And it wasn't that bad, turns out. But there was just such a wild memory. And that was what, I think that, event was what caused them to implement contrafollow lanes everywhere mm. like they did uh-huh, on uh-huh. like 321 and uh-huh, and wherever uh-huh. else they did because that was not common at the time yeah i haven't thought about the actual evacuation in a long time but yeah i i i remember filling up my gas tank in beaumont and I remember talking to my mom and sort of like what are we gonna do you know should we should we and then like decide like we should probably leave and so i went to her house um and then we left from there and we took both we took both vehicles um because it seemed like it seemed like we weren't gonna have anything to come back to was the feeling and you know and like i had (laughs) i had that recorder um and i had like my drum set and i had like a box of books that would have been a really that would have been a pain in the ass to replace. And um, I s- put all my clothes in my drums to save space. Because um, I had that small Monte Carlo at the time. You know, I didn't have, right. a, lot, I didn't have a lot of room. And so, you know, anyway, but I, now, man, I remember, like, we got we started getting real scared when it was time to leave. And I remember, um, I remember, like, giving my mom, like, some crazy pep talk about it. I'm yeah. like... I think I did the exact same thing. Yeah. Of like, I mean, God, it's, it seems like real ignorant and stupid at the time, but I was, you know, man, I was like fucking what? 22. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's a, and so, and I, and I, I was like panicking. I was like, other people haven't been through what you and I've been through. Panicking is for other people. That's not what we do. You know, like some, some shit like that, you know? Um, because it was scary because, you know, we lost cell, you, you lost, there's like cell phone signal, 
was gone after a certain point. And so she and I left at the same time. And then there's sort of like a, you know, because for us. I mean, cell phone signal wasn't, cell phones weren't a huge thing at that point in the first place. They were really pervasive by like Mm. everyone, everyone had one. Mm. Okay. 2005. I don't think that's. It felt like most people had one Mm. because, um, because I remember like just cascades and cascades of text messages of, of people checking to see. And, 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 and if you could text on them, then they were pretty pervasive at that point. I guess, um, I guess as someone who didn't really have one, how the fuck would I know? <laughs> fair <laughs> so enough. never mind. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, and so because we went, um, we went up to Palestine, and so we have to go 59. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that stretch of 59 was crazy. Right. Um, right. You know, once we got off 59 in, like, Corrigan or or whatever, you know, and then, then it was straight shot or whatever. But but that stretch of 59 was crazy. It was something ridiculous. Like, I can't even remember. Um, like, you know, like six eight hours to go 60 miles or something yeah maybe sounds right so, so, something i can't even remember it's 20 years ago so, something absolutely ridiculous yeah. um but yeah it's was, it was fucking wild yeah. and um yeah i we played the i remember that we had played the metal fest a few weeks prior to that the one that we have footage of Really good footage of, mm-hmm. um, because there were a bunch of fucking New Orleans evacuees there, um, because they were. Because that was after Katrina. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's fucking crazy to think about that those two happened in the same fucking year. Because <laughs> yeah, Katrina happening and and everybody evacuating and staying here, right? To to a greater extent than you would have expected, and that was partially why. Why Houston? Why? Why I think that pa- panic is panic doesn't feel like quite the right word, but why that like sense of like, all right, let's all fucking go. Yeah, I don't know. Was because we had seen what happened to, you know, to New Orleans. Yes. You know, yeah. so it felt, you know, it like, felt like it could really happen. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And I mean, if they you, said something. I mean, because the way that they were forecasting it was like, this is going to be another one of those. Right. And I mean, like, fucking Houston and New Orleans are, like, in a lot of ways, like, fucking brother-sister cities. Like that. I was in swamp, New Orleans once. Swamp cities. Yeah. Like, I was in New Orleans once. And, you know, like, some dude was doing some crowd work. And he was like, oh, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm from Houston. He's like, oh, man, it's motherfucking New Orleans West. So <laughs> <laughs> like, Some shit like that, you know. Um, to some extent, yep. But, but yeah, so, so yeah, that, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I don't think panic was quite the right word there, but like urgency and like, this one's for real. Like, yeah, let's take this seriously. Right, like, right, right, right. And right. what that, what that ended up looking like for everyone taking it seriously, given the infrastructure that we had in place and the, and the, the processes that we had in place mm-hmm. at the time was get the fuck eight out. hour traffic for an for driving an hour away yeah and that's what that yeah. ended up looking like. well and i think also some, you know, why some that's why they made so many changes yeah that. or not so many but they made changes after also that. probably something that's important to consider in that like equation is our parents and that our parents had like lived through like alicia and whatnot um and so like they had seen a hurricane kick the shit out of houston 
Yeah. You know, like that was in their fucking memory, you know? So yeah. that, that was probably like a factor too. Um, like it seemed possible, you know? Yeah. Um, but instead just kicked the shit out of Beaumont. <laughs> it, it did. It took, it took, it took areas out. There are areas out there that never recovered. Yeah. Yeah. Unsurprisingly. I know my grand, like, so where we were going to go in the first place to, which was Jasper, out, mm-hmm. like about 10 miles outside of Jasper where my grandparents lived on the middle of nowhere, just on a dirt road off of a farm road. Uh, and they had, didn't have power for like a month and a half. Wow. Like shit was absolutely wrecked all yeah. the way up there. I remember showing back up to my apartment in Beaumont and like, like all the bricks <laughs> on the outside were gone. There was like nothing between like, it was just sheetrock and fucking wood. Like that was all that was between, you know, um, it was fucking wild. It was wild. Um, yeah. Lots of mold. Oh, I bet. That we had to clean up. Oh, I bet. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, they had to do a bunch of wacky shit at the college to, for us to still get our credits and stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, still get your hours in and stuff. Yeah, it was wacky. God. It was a weird time. Fucking weird. But that was when me and Jay got really close, though, because I went and stayed with him in Nacogdoches for like two weeks. Right, right, right. <laughs> so there's a lot of funny stories in there, some of him, some of which we have did we have differing memories on. Um, <laughs> like I remember one way, he remembers it another way. Mm-hmm. Specific one is, is uh, going to church. Um, because I have this memory, this is not how he remembers it, mm-hmm. of, like, him coming downstairs, um, and saying, like, like, it was, like, 8 o'clock or something on, like, Sunday, and he was, and he, and he was something like, service starts at 9.30, well, we'll start walking over at 9.00. <laughs> and he said it in a way that was that did not feel like an option at all. Right, it's like a father saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like it felt like a like you stay in my house, you go to church. Right. It felt that way, and I was like, well, I ain't gonna fucking rock the boat because I spent, I spent, I just spent two weeks with my family, and <clears throat> I'm not ready to go back there yet. <laughs> I can handle a shitty hour of fucking of church in Nacogdoches, of Catholic church in Nacogdoches, you know. But again, like. Maybe I was just used to people saying shit like that, and he was just he was just like letting me know what time shit was. <laughs> uh, that, that's not how it felt to me at that time. That's not attracted me at the time. Attracted me like it was not an option. So I fucking put on my fucking clothes and, and get dressed, and and we all walk over there, and I see watch some weird fucking student Catholic fucking service because he was Catholic. Well, I was Catholic, but I don't know what you're talking about. Well, it was in Nacogdoches, so you know it was. It was <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> at, at College Town, SFA, man. So like, there, like, I I remember just seeing like some fucking like, some, some, I say kids like uh-huh. they were our age, like doing music or whatever or something like that. I have like the I have a very vague recollection of it. Okay. Um, this is a student service. I don't really know what that entails, I guess. No, it wasn't a student service. It was a regular service, but there were that they were It was just I, largely I, done by college students because there were so many of them. Something like that. I don't Kinda. know. Okay, okay. I don't know. But it was like it had that vibe. I don't know if you've ever been to like a uh, like a you like a, a a church thing on campus or whatever, but it had a little bit of that vibe to it. Okay. Um I see what you mean. But like in like a Catholic way. Uh, so like an incredibly boring way. Yeah, 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 yeah. In an unfun way. Yeah. 
Like no one wants to be there. God damn it, man, dude. Oh God, I I hate mainstream church music so much. <laughs> I hate it so much. I did a church gig this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> it's a I'm doing like this like low key percussion thing, so it's it it feels a little different. Um but this, uh, but but the like they had like song references in the song. This I you now had these flashbacks to when I used to do this for like years at a time, and I would have to, um, I would have to like learn these songs. I have to transcribe these songs. I have to learn them note for note, uh, more or less. Right. Um, not note for note, but like measure for fucking measure, uh, per se. Like I need to know exactly how long each section is on that recording. I need to know how the drummer played it on that recording because it's going to throw off the fucking guitarist if I don't play it exactly the way that that drummer plays it. And he knows enough about drums to know, like, <laughs> to where those details will legitimately fuck up his ability to to execute the music because he knows the difference between, you know, duh, ba, ga, gung, ga. Goom, ba, da, goom, ba, da, da, goom, ga. You know, he knows the difference between that and goom, ba, da, goom, ba, ga, ga, doom, ba, ba, goom, doom, da, ga. Like, he, you know what I mean? Because he, he can play drums just good enough to execute that music. Um, anyway, but they would send me the, like, videos sometimes, like YouTube. Makes sense, right? You send YouTube. What a great way to share music. Yeah. And I, and I would have to like scroll up so that I didn't have to like watch, watch these people fucking play this goddamn music because it would be upsetting for me. Why isn't that charging? It's pretty snug. Okay. All right. Just, is that one charging? Yeah, that was fine. This is why he had so many batteries. That may be the case, because if the battery isn't healthy, then it will charge for a time when it's plugged in, but it won't. Uh, it won't hold. I mean, if that is the case, then the answer might just be as simple as getting new batteries. Oh, these are like third. It's not something that like this oh, edition of the camera, like it's a old, like you know, like it's one generation older. So like you can't charge it while using it. I hope it's not some shit like that, because that that renders these unusable to me. <clears throat> Are not unusable, but impractical for me. I mean, for what it's worth, these this looks like a third-party battery. Okay. Probably. Which means it's probably not very reliable. <clears throat> yeah, because it's when I when I plug. 
there's a simpler answer to this, Robert. Mm-hmm. You already know what the answer to this is. Do I? Here we go. <laughs> Wait, what? To the wall? Yeah. Oh my fucking god. Because I, I had to unplug it <laughs> to do something else. But yeah. But like I looked over here at this one and I was like, well, cause see, cause this one's charging. That's why I was like, is that one charging? Oh no, it's fucking not. Because if that one's charging, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> All right, it's always the simplest. Always the simplest. Oh man. <laughs> I almost thought about checking. I was like, oh, man. That one's fine. Always, one's fine. always check it. <laughs> All right. Fucking battery's probably bullshit. It's probably cheap bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No, Richard just mm -hmm. didn't mm -hmm. plug shit in. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's how it goes. It's all right, though. Um, so, I, don't, I don't know if it's better or worse than plugging in your USB and finding it's the wrong way and turning it upside down. And that also doesn't work. <laughs> so you go the first time again and it fucking works miraculously. Yeah, like Schrodinger's USB. <laughs> yes. Um, Both ways at once. So this uh, this this church discussion actually kind of relates to yeah. something that I was going to bring up. Because <laughs> topic for today is, guess what? We don't fucking have one. Grab bag. Potpourri, um, as it were. Yeah, we had a... We had a topic planned. We had um, multiple topics planned, but none of them, none of them were able to pan out. But yeah, someone had to cancel the last minute, and so we weren't <laughs> able to. Someone. We weren't able to see. It, someone it, had to cancel at the last minute. Uh, <laughs> it won't be at all obvious based on who is on next <laughs> as a guest <laughs> within the next handful of episodes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, and then uh, we were going to try to like, okay, well, maybe we can like, you know, wing doing a, a Baroness follow up the next part. And I, I tried and I was like, man, it's not safe to, <laughs> to listen to this, to, to try to absorb this much Baroness yeah. in a, in this short a period of time. Yeah. I tried. It's fair. It's, I tried. it's a valiant effort. And I was like, this is going to, this is so, so yeah. So we were like, all right, well, we're just going to fucking get together shit, shit see what happens so um yep, yep so here we are so here we are that's what that's what happened okay so speaking of that church shit right right um this was something that i thought would be fun to kind of riff on and talk about did did you catch any of this like drama drama is too strong of a word um this stuff with the band falling in reverse having to cancel a festival appearance mm -mm. because they lost their laptops okay that had like all their backing tracks and and all their stuff on there so they like had to cancel a a performance because yeah. because their laptops their laptop and their backup laptop got shipped to another state on accident or some shit like that um bro Google Drive is free. You can back your shit up. 
that that's a thought that I had too. Um, I mean, if you're saying they have a laptop and then a backup laptop, they understand the concept of backup. They just didn't do it the right way. Right. Because the whole point is if you don't have your physical thing, you can always get it no matter what you're using. Right, 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 right. And okay. I mean, and, but uh, you, you still need like programs to run it and you still need, you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. You need, and all that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, your Ableton Live or whatever the fuck you're doing it through. And you still... I don't know, you music player probably. Does it need to be in the DAW? It does. Does it? It does with when you're doing that kind of stuff. Um, okay. And, um, and so, and so like regardless of... Regardless like, of precautions they may or may not have taken. Right, 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 right. That was like the reasoning they gave. This is how things ended up. Yeah, and they were like, all right, well, we can't do the show because we, you know, da 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 Was it just one show or was it like a whole... It was just one. Okay. It was just one. And I don't know who this band is, by the way. Um, They're... <laughs> I, I was listening to some of their stuff earlier. They're, I mean, they're doing really, really well right now. Are they local or... No, 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 no. This is a huge band. <laughs> what are they called again? Falling in reverse. Falling in reverse. Like 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 two hundred and seven million plays on their top song on Spotify here. The fuck. Um. But yeah. So like, I was, <laughs> I was listening to them earlier. I was like, how do I describe this? Um. And I was like, sounds like the butthole surfer so far. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's like. This is what I thought at the time, and I was like, it's pop music. If your pa- for if you if your parents listen to Fallout Boy. <laughs> Um, anyway, but then you get to, it's, 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 it's it's like heavy quote unquote pop music. And, you know, and then there'll be like a genty riff that shows up. There'll be like a screamy thing, you know, lots of synthy backing tracks and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and whatever, you know, it's, it's fine music. I'm not shitting on them. I have nothing negative to say about the music. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but uh, but yeah. So needless to say, a bunch of fucking boomer ass motherfuckers come out <laughs> come out of the fucking woodwork to to talk shit on these guys because they like oh you didn't have your backing tracks so you can't play a show yeah sort of yeah 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 okay. so like Sebastian Bach I think and like Eddie Trunk or, and and all these you know and all this sort of stuff um yeah Sebastian Bach people who need to say something about something these days <laughs> fucking matter anymore uh. But yeah, I, I thought it was a. Uh... Oh no, do you, do you have any strong opinions about this idea of like bands playing with laptops, with backing tracks, blah blah blah? Uh, have I you mean, seen an instance of it where it bothered you? Have you seen instances of it where it didn't bother you? No, it's just become such a normal thing. I I think, like if that's part of how your live setup is the mess just how it is these days because that's such a that can be such an integral thing that you do now right uh if you're the type of band who can get up with just instruments and amps and do your thing but maybe on the album there's more to it or something like that you know then cool if not yeah i i, I don't think that bothers me at all like yeah th- that's just such an ubiquitous uh, way to do things it days. doesn't really bother me either. i don't really give a shit yeah um, it uh, like I mean I I don't know I guess I'd have to listen to them more and and really understand because that does seem like a weird thing to 
cancel a show over though. I feel like you could do something. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're really just not doing anything live. Um, or uh, apart from vocals, maybe. So, and so, I've done. So, this is how it relates: is I've done uh, church gigs where we are slaved to the laptop. Sure. Okay. And and I've done I've done those. I've done I've done the whole the whole scale of those to where, um, all right. Because I because I started playing church music in like two thousand five, where I did it pretty consistently for I guess like ten, ten, almost almost fourteen years or something like that. Damn. Pretty consistently, you know, mm. um, not like every Sunday. For that whole time period, but there would be like pretty regularly. But there would be like okay for this two years, every Sunday. Okay, you know what I mean. And then for this for this four years, twice a month. For this, you know what I mean. And then mm-hmm. for this other two years, every Sunday. You know there would be anyway. Yeah. And so I've I've done it. I've done I like I did all the permutations of of like all right we're just gonna show up here this morning. And we're gonna learn the songs before the service. Um, here we go, <laughs> uh, because there wasn't an efficient way for me to get the songs to you before you got here. Right. So we're just gonna learn them the morning of. Right, right. Which uh, I assume that has changed over time. Oh yeah. So uh, um, and then to okay, well we're gonna play these songs to a click track, and so you have your you have the boss whatever metronome the Tama rhythm watch or whatever here over the side that has like the quarter inch outs and all that sort of shit. And you're responsible for changing the click track in between songs. But it's, but it's like a fucking just a giant metronome that I'm like, or you know what I mean? Or like, or like the band gets off. So you like starts, you stop it and restart it or stuff like that or whatever, or, or whatever. Hmm. Or like this has a tempo change. So dial it down and this oh, like manually do that yeah 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 like during a breakdown you know blah 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 blah. so where i where i'm like just responsible for working the metronome okay was it like a jog wheel like that, that yeah that? yeah like a data, data wheel on there and stuff like that <laughs> but usually be like you know you set it like fucking 75 and this is you know so but but at first man that was really nuts that was hard to like play with the click track live right you know yeah i i, I imagine so um, that was a d- weird skill set to get used to. And then the next iteration, which was the hardest, um, was when you were playing to a backing track that had like extra synth. Like, okay, well, it has like the keyboard part in the chorus and it has like a tambourine part that comes in in the chorus or whatever. Um, but it's not coming from like a computer. It's just like a track. Like, like I'm somebody recorded this. Yeah, like so you're just hitting play and then you wait and then it's like one, two, three, four, start, right? And that's really challenging because once that starts, you have to account for every you have to account for every single beat. And you have to keep the whole band <laughs> exactly in the right spot because yeah. If if someone fucks up and you adjust and in that process of adjusting, you drop a beat. Like now, the the harmonies on the keys are going to be off in the chorus. It's going to be displaced, right, or whatever. And so that was like the 
the most intense, oh shit, this one shot to get this right kind of thing, right? Yeah. No net. That's wild. So you're saying there was percussion on those tracks sometimes? Sometimes. That's that seems fucking crazy because if they're playing in a field that isn't the field you're playing in. It would just be like a tambourine. I guess even so. You know. Yeah. It, it was, well, and it, it was funny though because it's like – and again, this is at the time. All right? This is, you know, 2000 – I don't know, late 2000s. Late 2000s. All right? So this is before everyone had a MacBook with Ableton on it and shit like that. Um, and before like – before, before you know, like YouTube was super pervasive, and and like the knowledge of how to do praise and worship services had really disseminated. You know, <laughs> I thought you were going to say the knowledge of like how to do like backing tracks correctly. No, 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 the knowledge of how to do praise and worship services. Well, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's it's the same thing. Um, but like I remember, like like I just played it on the hi hat, right? I'm like, okay, like, so fucking what, you know? And I remember someone being like, wow, that's crazy that you can do that. I'm like, you guys don't even fucking know. You have no concept of the bullshit that I do in the music that I play outside of here. Yeah. Like, you just want 16s at 140 for forever? No problem, kiddo. But... Then and so that was like a weird like stumbling block to to get to where the tracks were on Ableton. Right. And then then and then at first that was just like, okay, yeah, you just play the track. I push one and the first song of the set goes. Cause the drummers always I always have the laptop for whatever reason. You know, push two for the second song, push three for the whatever. But it's still just going. Um, but this, but then, then it, then it had cues, you know, then it had like verse two, three, four, <laughs> like cueing, like you didn't even need to know the arrangement anymore. You know, like, mm, you know, right. it was just, it would tell you when things, it would just tell you when things were going to fucking happen. So you just had to know the parts and then it would tell you when to play them. Right. Oh, that's when I go to those chords, you know, or whatever. Um, or yeah, I guess you didn't have to know the parts. You just you could have them laid out in front of you. Know when to go to the next one, yeah. right? Um, hold <laughs> two, three. You know what I mean, like stuff like that. Ugh, weird. Um, well, because a big like way that because the the art form of modern praise and worship music is so rigidly defined, the way that people like express creativity in there is is like, oh well, we're just gonna hold this extra measures. <laughs> <laughs> this is when we mean it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. G, 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 yeah. G. Um, and it's just it just makes it a pain in the dick to transcribe the stuff to to make your map. Anyway, this is where it gets relevant. Um, but then the latest, the last time that I did that was like in I don't know 2017 or whatever. I was doing it out in this church at Katie for a while. I played with him for a while. But that was wacky because, yeah, you had those, you had the the guides, like the coaching, right? But also those backing tracks weren't just like a stagnant track, like you could you could um, you could con- 
troll like the faders on what was happening on those backing tracks. So you have like your synth parts, you have your percussion track, you have the bass. And so there would be times when it was like, oh, our bass player isn't really strong this morning. We're going to turn him down and we're going to turn these bass tracks up. Mm. And this is for a church service where we're playing. We're playing like for like 150 people. You know what I mean? Like this is fucking right. chump change. Not really life or death. No, it's not. Situation there. It's not. And and like where their if your bass player isn't on one morning. Like, so what, man? Um, but it was so interesting to see them invest so much in like the technology to get this done, and and have to spend so much time every morning sound checking and trying to get it to work right. When it when it's like man, you know, you could just like pay a bassist like a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, also that doesn't seem like something that would be all that crazy difficult to pull off every You'd time. You'd be surprised. You would be surprised. Like based on the people involved. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know where the source of those errors are, but I know I know that they, they would. Oft- they, they do occur. Yeah, and I okay. know that they would often. I would often hear shit like coming, like, "Oh, the enemy's at work this morning." I'm like, "Man, that ain't what's happening." <laughs> <laughs> what? Okay. No, man, dude, dude. There was one time that like I lost. I'm in the middle of playing, and like, so that's the that's the thing is like this stuff. It's very robust. Right. Like it, and I get why people are attracted to it because it allows for you to have very consistent services. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Your yeah. product is very consistent. Right. But when it goes wrong, it goes really, really wrong. And and I remember like. I'm playing and all of a sudden I can't hear anything. Like everything's gone. It's like someone didn't plug in the fucking laptop. <laughs> like something fucking happened. And I had to I ran from the stage. All the way back to the sound booth, and I'm yelling, you know, like, you know what I mean? And then, like, I'm, and then, I like, run back, you know, and like, I was having to, like, look, because on Ableton, there's like a little blink that gives you the tempo, and I'm using that as like, my <laughs> metronome, like, blink, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but it, but yeah, like, so all of that. So just just to like give like context on like this is a like if it's happening for like a piddly ass church in a box we go and set up at a fucking middle school before we do the service in Katy Texas, you know like it's it's gonna be it's gonna be standard practice for a lot of types of music yeah um and a lot of pop music and whatnot oh yeah yeah and it and it can and it can vary in so many ways from. From like that of like, oh, our bass player sucks. Turn him down. Turn up the pre-recorded bass tracks, you know, to like, oh, this is just this is cheaper than us hiring a keyboard player <laughs> because we don't have a keyboard player on. We don't have we don't have keys on every song. We don't have synth on every song, but it's really important on the songs we do have it on. We have, have to it. have it. Yeah. And instead of hiring another person to do just that, we just have this laptop. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I guess that's a, I guess that's what I was getting at earlier. Where it's like it doesn't seem like it's that difficult of a thing in terms of like you once you have the track, you have the track. It's not a big deal to like maintain it or anything. Uh-huh. You know, if if you if that's the way you're gonna go, if you have a live bass player and they can't make it one day, 
no big deal. You have your base. It's there. Yeah. But if the problem is like infrastructural, I guess, then that's a whole other story. But yeah. Um, did you ever have a situation where someone was remote? No. Playing? No. I would be so interested to see how that would work. Because <laughs> um, when, I don't know if you remember like when the, when everyone was like full quarantine mode. Oh yeah. For, uh-huh. for the pandemic in it's like March, you know, through, sure. through like May or whatever it was. When yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was in on it. Uh, and it became like a novel, fun thing, quote unquote, huge, yeah. huge quotes, a fun thing to like for a band to be in their own respective houses and and dial into like a, a call and right. play a song together. I always I've never seen how that actually comes together and works. Like, right. Do they all have their own metronome hits that are hitting at the same time? Or they are have they, to. They have to. Right. Are they all recording these separate and then. Editing them later, or they—that's the thing that happened too. Or doing, I have to imagine it all happened. Yeah, you'd all like they would if you were gonna try to have them playing live in that's, some way. That would be insanity. There has to be <laughs> some type of there. They all have to be looking at something that's agreed upon in yeah. some way, and you have to have that set, and then the processing has to like, okay, well, that's like the MIDI clock, or that, or that's that, that's the whatever clock. We're gonna use that as the global clock, and so this audio video feed will be synced to this, right? And this will be synced to that. This is, synced, you know, what I mean. But like, like it have to be done in some way. Like, but that. even then, there's no guarantee. Sure. Right? Because everyone's internet is, yeah, giving you different feedback somehow or another. So that would be absolute insanity. But I'm sure it happened at some. Someone point. tried it. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. It, but 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 I've seen some of those that turned out like really really well. So I have to assume that they just did it themselves and. I know a lot of people did that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so... But that's what that makes me think of. So, yeah, I was wondering if that would ever happen in a live setting like that. Because I could see how it would. But if you already had it recorded and you could just fade it up, then whatever. Whatever, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like... So, I've seen a lot of... because. So, let me be clear <laughs> about this. I don't think that there is anything, like, wrong with playing with laptops and stuff like that. But I've seen like a lot of metal bands do it um, and play with click tracks live and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and I, and I, and I will say that I often don't prefer the, I often don't enjoy the bands that do that as much as I enjoy the bands that don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that there is like something wrong, right? Just to, be clear, you yeah. know. Um, to, to me, it seems like a natural evolution of having a guitar tech do your effects for you. Right. Right. Sure. That always fucking blew my mind. Like, you know, back even, even like back in the 90s, that would happen. Or okay. like Dime would be on stage and it, it would come time for his solo and he would need like the whammy pedal or the or the, the reverb to kick in or the whatever to kick in. Yeah. The, the chorus. And he's not doing anything. He's just standing there playing the thing. Meanwhile, Grady is backstage okay. doing his shit for him, right? I've never Be- thought about because this. Because it's all racked up. And oh. and that happens for vocals, too. It's not just guitar. Sure, I assume yeah. it happens on some level for drums, maybe. I don't know. Right. Um, but, yeah, like you, if that's a thing that you can offload to somebody else, if you have someone who can do that right. and make it happen every single time, because that way if you're fucking rocking out, you don't have to get over to your pedal setup. Sure. And some bands just don't do that, but... A lot of bands do and did. Right. Uh, and that always weirded me out. I was like, 
man, you're kind of like not doing it really. Are you even really doing it anymore? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, th- to me, that seems like a natural evolution of that sort of thing. Right, right, there's, right. There's some level of automation going on yeah. somewhere. Well, and also, like, when you have a certain kind of show, if you have – I guess that, that's another aspect of it, too. It's like, well, what kind of show are you doing? You know, because yeah. if you're doing like a show where the lighting cues need to be synced up with the music, yeah, then you know, it's, it becomes worth it to you to have that happen. Right, 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 right. And but I mean, but that's really just talking about justifying playing like with a click track and shit like that, right? And so the times that like I've seen it where it kind of like, so it it never bothers me if I see a metal band playing and I see like two guitars and I see a bass and I see a drummer and I see a vocalist. And I hear like keyboard tracks mm-hmm. when you get to a chorus or like in an interlude or some shit like that or, or whatever. That never bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Um, but I saw Rings of Saturn play once and it was just the guitarist and the drummer and a vocalist. Uh-huh. And, and so you're hearing other guitar tracks, you're hearing bass, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. And... Hold on, I might be mixing things up. So I saw Rings. It was a it was a Summer Slaughter tour, and I saw Rings of Saturn and the Faceless, and they were on the same bill. And I might be mixing up, or they might, but they both might have performed as a trio. I don't know, but like, that's whenever it's whenever I can't tell what the person on stage is playing, and like what's being played by the tracks and what they're playing. Like, are you playing that lead, or is the or is that play is that lead coming from there? Or are you playing the rhythm and the like whenever it gets there, that's when I that's whenever I'm like, uh Yeah. I don't know. In a metal context. In a metal context. I can't speak to it in a pop context. I don't know. Sure. Cause I think like yeah, like you said, like it's all about what kind of show you're trying to put on. Right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a um like I've often thought about whether or not I'd want to if, if I were given the opportunity, would I want to go see like a Daft Punk show or a mm. Justice show. Okay. Band, you know, groups that don't play anything live to some extent. Everything is digital. It's in their sound banks. They're they're doing live mixing. It's not like they're standing there doing nothing. Sure. Um, they don't just put on a record and let it go. Um, but there's comparatively little, like, physical musicianship insofar as that can happen with digital music, you know? Right. Um, so like on one level, I'm like, I love this music, but would I want, would I want to bother to go to a live show for it? Uh-huh. Cause what am I really getting out of that? Sure. Uh, whereas if you see, you know, a, a metal band typically, you know, play live for, for us, like, what are you, what are you getting out of that? You're seeing them interpret their music on their instruments live right. physically, and it becomes its own thing. That's you know, interesting and powerful to see. Right. Um, and if you take that away, like what is it that you're really getting out of that show? I wonder if part of that is our, our sort of bullshit of being musicians first. I'm, I'm sure it is to some extent you know. because uh, take a pop show, for example, like what are you getting out of that? You're getting like the spectacle and the, right. there's a whole other aspect to it that you don't really have to deal with. Right, and and it's the aspect of like it's the spectacle, and it's the interaction of the crowd with the music, yeah. and it's it's all these things, and you know, like, yeah. I went and saw Rammstein a few weeks ago in San Antonio. Yeah, um, there's there's a great example, <laughs> and 
Holy shit, dude. Um, I, I have some video on my phone. I'll show you later. Oh, my God. But, Pure spectacle. Um, where they have to they have to fly their stage in <laughs> like multiple jetliners. I want to see a 10-part Netflix series oh on just building God. the stage. I would love that. That's what I want to like. It'd be so like, interesting. You know, 10 days till showtime, man. Just show me show me every fucking detail. Like yes. from from like this is how many people we have to employ. This is this is this is Carol. She makes sure that all the checks get sent out. I want to know every yeah. fucking thing, man. It has to be a full ass business that they have just for running that tour. Yeah. It, it's it's insane. It's it, it's it's amazing. And so, but they did it at the Alamo Dome, which has a roof. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah. And so, like, you see these wide shots of them doing the shit at, at like, like in, at, in, uh, you know, Soldier Field or like all these outdoor stadiums or stadiums in Europe, and they have like yeah. these big tiers of the fire that that comes out, and they're like huge. They're all you know in the sky, like you can see them from miles away. <laughs> okay, when they did it in San Antonio, they're like, well, those 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 middle ones, just put them on the ground, <laughs> and so. <laughs> Oh like, wow! Um, and so uh, here, hold on. I'll, I'm just gonna show you this. Because if you've never seen it, their stage setup is like they have these huge—I don't know—not smokestacks, but like these huge pillars that come up from the stage, like tremendously high, and they spout fire. Yeah, from, yeah, from yeah, the yeah. Top. Yeah, and so like, look at this shit. Look at this. Oh, they just like put it off to the side. <laughs> it's just right there. Like, <laughs> l- listen, the fire needs to happen. Just put it over there. <laughs> just, just push it like, outside. Well, how low oh do we have God. to have it so that it doesn't hit the roof? Yeah, man, just 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 put it right over there, dude. Yeah, this, it was. It felt so low to the ground. What's okay? the minimum safe distance? Yeah, or, yeah, or the, yeah, yeah. the maximum safe distance. Because we I guess. were so far back, we were on the floor, but we're still really, really far back. It was right. like right there, <laughs> you know. Um, we got to put it somewhere. We got to have the fire. But I guess like I have no like. That that stage is so huge. Everything that's going on is so huge. I have no fucking idea what those guys were actually playing versus what's a pre-recorded track. Yeah. What's not? I have no fucking clue. Yeah. Um, I mean, Till was really singing, but aside from that, you know, I guess I've watched I've watched a lot of their live stuff, even from this tour. And like it looks like they're doing everything. They're it does. Doing. It feels that way. But it but feels that way. But, but they have. But since 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 like uh, keys and extra stuff is like such a big f- feature. Like I feel like I can tell when I'm hearing the when the oh that drummer's playing what I'm hearing that guitarist playing what I'm hearing. Yeah, I can't fucking tell. You know, uh, like uh, yeah, a lot of it's like background atmosphere stuff. Right. It, it, unless it's like a song that's a particular like this is the keyboard lead line. And, yeah. You know that's happening. There. Right. But, uh, but on some level, like it doesn't matter anymore exactly. because yeah, yeah, because yeah. what their show offers is like this this spectacle that is right, 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 yeah. right. Like if you were if you're gonna give me some like intimate theater in the round, Bruce Springsteen, Neil Young storyteller <laughs> shit, and then you, unplugged. Yeah. yeah, or whatever. Then you you know you're gonna do that. Then you kick on the laptop. You know what I mean? And you're all sitting on your fucking bar stools with your acoustic guitars. Then yeah, man, that's not what you're selling. Get the fuck out of here. Um, but yeah. you know, man, like when you've got a fucking giant dick blasting fake cum and fire all over everyone, then like 
whatever you need to do. Yep. Whatever you need Bring to do. Bring out the big fire hula hoop and spin that shit around the bow and arrow, whatever it is. Whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you need a you need uh, a click track. You need you need a little extra to get that shit done. Whatever you need to do, guys. No big deal. Uh yep. So but yeah, and 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 uh but yeah, those are that's sort of like that's like the and again, like I don't think that it's like because what's what was the option? Right? What was like the option for like a, a band like Faceless or Rings of Saturn? And I'm talking about where I'm like, man, I don't know if I'm really digging. This feels, this this doesn't pass a smell test. This feels weird for me. But what was the option for them? Like maybe they had a guitarist back out at the, you know, like they had someone back out. The, you know, it's like, what are they going to do? Just not do the tour? Right. They have to, you know what I mean? So it's like. <laughs> well, if you're this band, maybe so. <laughs> yeah. And and so. What were they called again? I can't. Oh, falling in reverse. Falling in reverse. There you go. Thank you. And so, you know, it's a it's an interesting thing. So, like a funny story that I heard. I wish I could remember who who I heard where I heard it from. Some random podcast, I think. As you do. But they were talking about seeing Nile at like a at like a Milwaukee Metal Fest or something. In like the mid or like late aughts or something like that. So. Back when they would carry around like like one of those fucking things, mm-hmm. like to have their backing tracks and shit like that, like fucking ADAT machines or whatever. Yeah. Um, I remember I did a show opening for The Hunger where they had all that shit. And it was fucking wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I've like, seen I've seen them live a couple times. Weirdly. Yeah. Uh, well, I like Houston, I like how, you know. Yeah, I like how their keyboard has had the keyboard stand that like just. <laughs> Fucking flail all over the place. Like, That's went, right. Went in all directions. That's right. Because he was like their lead singer, I think, also. Huh. Or one of the lead singers. Baby. But the keyboard stand would like fly all over the place. It was like on this weird pivot arm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone really use that sort of thing. But he, this dude did. It was Committed. great. Yeah, it was awesome. I saw some random footage of a keyboardist and strapping young lad doing some shit like that but i i saw it once and i could never find it again i have spent hours trying to find <laughs> it to where i just go like strapping on lad live like 1997 mm. and i just go and i look at every fucking i'm trying to find it again yep. because this dude was too animated and i was like that motherfucker got fired <laughs> like <laughs> in this band no you do not i like yeah like this is the wrong, like, I'm glad you have energy. This is the wrong kind of energy. <laughs> Do you know what it is that we're lampooning here? <laughs> yeah, like, because he was bringing that, like, that, like, hunger energy. <laughs> Too hungry. You know? Like, fucking pogoing during, like, oh, my fucking God, you know? <laughs> uh, oh, shit. But, um, yeah, but Nile, right? So, like, Nile has, like, their whole rack of, like, to have all their all their tracks and shit like that. And it, they couldn't get it to work. And, and so, and they like spit, they like delayed start time, like by like 10, 20 minutes or whatever to like, tr- to like try to fucking get it to fucking work. And eventually they were just like, fuck it. And they played without it. And the, and the person who was telling the story, they're like, that is the most amazing Nile show I've ever seen because they were so fucking mad. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a yeah man. That's a whole other dimension. <laughs> like they were like so pissed, and it was so sure. raw, and it was so fucking intense. And I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's what's up." Yeah, that's yeah. what's up. That's that's a whole other dimension that you can tap into there. So, I'm sure there's some like you you could write some parable about that of like complacency versus like emotional uh 
immediacy or something like that. What do you mean? You know, you, you become reliant on this stuff, but it turns out you could actually do an amazing job this other way. You know, okay. That sort of thing. Uh, but whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, that that sounds awesome, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have loved to have seen I, that. I, I would pay good money just to see Carl Sanders be mad. <laughs> just to see them be mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll just <laughs> fucking to see that man be legitimately pissed <laughs> and channel it through his fucking instrument. Like, that would... I would pay an obscene amount of money for that, for that experience. Fuck. Yeah. I, I guess the, the, the ideal probably should be like, if you're going to do that, make it to where you're doing that with the parts that you can do without. Right. Sure, right, yeah, it's where you can. Like, where if something does go horribly wrong, you can still put on the show. Right, and right, have right, it right, 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 come right. across. Right. Uh, that adds the things you wanted to add, but if it's not there, it's not going to kill you, maybe. Right, right, I'm right, sure, right, right, right. You know, as time goes on, I'm sure that's less and less possible based on how music is made these days. Right, well, and there's just so much variation. There's just so many different ways to do it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, and, like, and it's... And again, it just depends on the kind of show you want to put out. You want to do like maybe they they're like, man, if we do it, if we do this without this, these songs won't make fucking sense. Yeah, exactly. And like that's the, what I mean. Our yeah. crowd, like the people that that are here, that love our stuff, like they're not gonna, you know, like this isn't gonna make sense to them. Right. You know, like this isn't gonna be this. This isn't gonna sound like the song that came here to hear you know yeah um and so but uh but, but yeah like whereas like fucking not for nile like they know like at that time when they made that call like they know like they're playing 90 percent of what's fucking happening there all that stuff they know that that's like the extra ornamental stuff that's really important to them right but they know that there are people that came there to see nile to see a band playing right and so, yeah, it, 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 you know, like neither one of these is right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not exactly. trying to like shit on falling in reverse. I'm, I'm, I mostly, I think it's, I just thought it was interesting to talk about. And, and I'm most, and I guess I'm more than anything. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to shit on like Eddie Trunk or the people that are like the news wouldn't need backing tracks or whatever fucking boomer shit that they're like fucking throwing out there and it's like it's just different it's Listen, just different. the news needs a lot of stuff these days <laughs> backing tracks is the least of his concerns um but uh I, I, don't, I don't think that's what eddie trunk said but, but you know what i'm saying i don't know who eddie trunk is also um man he he hosts like a a show on on vh1 classic or something like the metal show or whatever oh, okay he's like a an older hard rock metal personality like, okay he's very well known not well enough, apparently. <laughs> Not, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, if anything, that is just a cautionary tale to back your fucking shit up remotely, motherfuckers. <laughs> Don't just have a laptop. Have that shit in Google Drive, even whatever. Like you right, have to right, right, Dropbox right, right. that shit. Yeah. Like, ha- have like a set. Like okay, yeah. You normally like to run it from Ableton. If you're gonna run it from Ableton, cool. Do that. Also, just have, have it as like, like an MP3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They that have, you can play the, from your phone if, if you, you need if to. you're really back to do a fucking it, quarter. If it's right? that integral to your set, yeah, have contingencies yeah, in have place. That, have that shit bounce down to like fucking wave files, split left and right. 
Yes. So you can stereo that shit out of your phone. Exactly. And then the left channel is your click track and your guide tracks. And then the right channel is what the audience is supposed to hear. You know. Exactly. Like, I, I hear I hear what you're saying. So if, if nothing saying. else, that there's that. Uh, back your shit. No matter who you are, back your shit. <laughs> back your shit. Up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've got, I got shit on like Dropbox. I got two hard drives over there. I got an external hard drive. <laughs> I'm like. Because I'm I'm un I'm paranoid in like an unhealthy way. <laughs> I mean that pays off in the end, or you know. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't have to, but if it does, there it you does. go. It does. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I listen to a tech podcast all the time. That I'll uh, I'll plug it. It's called Brad and Will Made a Tech Pod. <laughs> uh, it's 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 a dude named Will Smith who is famous for being like, the exactly. He he is a he used to be an editor in chief for PC Gamer or no a. Uh, uh, Extreme PC, something like that. <laughs> PC Magazine. And then he worked on uh, Tested.com, which was like Adam Savage's website. The dude from Mythbusters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was like a big part of that. Uh, but he's also the guy who has the handle Will Smith on Twitter. So okay. that when anything happens with Will Smith, he gets... <laughs> so like when, when Chris Rock got slapped, he had to like shut down his Twitter for like weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit like that. Oh, that's but, great. But he's like a he's like a nerdy white dude with like red hair and shit. You you would never mistake them. I for real. I was laughing really hard at the thought of of like yeah. So this guy's called this and this guy's called Will Smith and Will Smith is famous for and like <laughs> for Independence Day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the idea that, that, that you're gonna never like disclaim this. Yeah, that you're gonna like explain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you might you might know Will Smith from such films. Yeah. Like he's an actor. Let me read. Uh, uh, he's been in a few he, things. He was uh, the uh, Omega. No, not the Omega Man. What the fuck was it? Oh, um, mother. I don't care. That's that was what it was based on. That's what it was based on. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't actually give a shit. God, uh, I am Legend. I am Legend. That's the name of the movie. Uh, yeah. yeah, bathtub dog, all that shit. Uh, anyway, so so Will Smith and then uh, a dude named Brad Shoemaker who is uh known from video game podcasts like the Giant Bombcast, which I've talked about before. Uh, but they do a tech technology based podcast where they talk about random tech stuff. But they're always talking about their NAS setups, which is network accessible storage. Okay. So it's like a local, or it doesn't have to be local, but it's like a network-based thing that you might run in a separate computer in your house that does nothing but you you back up stuff to it. Okay. That's the whole point of it. Okay. So that you have a backup, and it All can right. be redundant, like multiple backups, and then you additionally have a remote backup somewhere online. So what I'm saying is, if you're that paranoid... Maybe you can. Maybe you want to look into getting yourself a NAS set up. I see. Uh, but it's a whole rabbit hole you can go down for like having the right drives that perform well enough and having it accessible in a certain way, and you can you can tap into it from your phone wherever you are and all this different stuff. I see. So, uh, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I don't think I'm that bad. I mean, it's nice to know, though. Okay, I was that, gonna say if you think you're that bad, maybe you're not quite as bad as you think you are. It's nice to know. <laughs> That there are people out there that are worse. <laughs> yeah. That makes me feel better. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. You want a technology podcast? Listen to that podcast. Maybe that's, maybe that's what good. we should call this one. Rich and Rob made a music pod. Rich and Rob made a music pod. Made a music pod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> doesn't really roll off the tongue like, like you might want. But, uh. Doesn't. We, should, we definitely got to call it something besides a Richard Wooten podcast. <laughs> I thought I was going to do this shit with other people. Uh, Just you. Well, sometimes uh, it happens. Uh, just not today, apparently. No, I was going to do it with other people besides you. I've only done <laughs> one that you weren't here for. Yeah, true. Um, 
So yeah, we gotta we gotta come with another name. You brainstorm that off camera, presumably. No, man, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> For our next segment, we yeah. rename the show. Rename the show. Yeah. Uh. So, no, nah, man. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's a. I don't know. It's a goofy thing, but I don't know. I think about like going and seeing, you know, live bands and shit like that. Like in specifically in like the death metal thing, and you'll see yeah. the whole spectrum of like that, like laptop metal, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and then you'll see like suffocation, which <laughs> <laughs> the next time they come to town, I'm gonna drag you there, man. Yeah. Um, for sure. Because they don't, they just, like, they walk out and they they set up their own shit. And everyone's like, yeah! Like hey, Terrence! Hey, Derek! <laughs> like, you know, what's up, Charlie? You know? And then they, like, walk out and they're like, and it's just like, they like they just turn their amps on, make the shits work, and bring out their fucking three pedals, put the shit down, da-da-da-da, do line checks. And then they walk off stage and then the lights go down. Then they come out and everyone's like, like it's right. Like, like you everyone, could have done that a minute ago. It was the same guy. It's the same fucking dudes, right? Yeah. It's like it's such a cool thing about it. It feels like uniquely cool about like death metal and oddly enough like funk jam band music too, because it's it's not about like the um, it's not really like a celebrity culture sure. kind of thing. Like it's not about oh, yeah yeah. It, it's it's about the music, you know, and like when whoever's on stage playing the music is the most important. Like that's that's you know they are high priests at that moment but when they're just walking around the crowd she's like hey dude right you know that's really what it is it's like oh you're here to like set up your shit okay that's yeah cool man what's up dude yeah. oh you're here to play music oh, that i know oh fuck yeah wow. right yeah 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 you're a different person now. exactly like but yeah like it's not like they go off stage and put on fucking like masks and eyeliner and shit like no man like they don't even like relace their fucking vans like they just fucking walk off Come back on. They don't even like take their guitars off. Like the guitar's already on. <laughs> they just walk off and they come. But but yeah, like they're just like just n- nothing. There's nothing. There's no backing tracks. There's the only like you get an intro. <laughs> That's it. You know what I mean? That's the only like, like pre-recorded. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like someone hit sure. like that shit might be on a fucking CDR. Like the, someone just hits fucking play. Yeah. Um, and so, but you have. You know, you have that whole spectrum, you know? Yeah. And then you have bands that, like, might just, they just, like, you're not hearing anything extra. They just play to a click track. You know? Right. That's, like, a really common thing. Also, you know? So. That's one of the things that I still appreciate about Baroness is that they don't have any of the backing stuff. Fuck yeah. And they do everything. Like, Nick plays their keyboard parts. And he has right. like samples and shit that he runs through live, you know, in person. He'll go over and hit the thing and it starts playing. But, but John works his pedals and, and Gina works her pedals. And That's fucking rad. It's like, you can still just do that and love doing that. Yeah. and Cause, like Because if you don't like doing that, there are ways around it. Sure. And that's kind of cool, I that, guess. That, that is interesting because that does seem to be like that, that we've, we both n- like, I have like a respect and an, and an affinity for that other stuff, but whenever it's just people up there just playing, like that's 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 really what's gonna that's gonna be my shit. <laughs> yeah, like that's you know? that's what I want to go see if I want to go to the show. That's kind of what I was getting at earlier. Like, what are you really going to see? Right. And that that's what I like to go see is I like to go see the people do the thing 
yeah. that, they're, that it, they're good at doing. It And I mean, and I don't know that I would have been able to like articulate this a year ago, but since we've spent like the past year, like sort of going deep on all of this music that has meant so much to us and, and sort of like listen to a lot of music from like a specific time period, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like, listen, like a specific, the the one that really comes to mind is is like Machine Heads like the more things change, and how like the song like down to none like starts off at one tempo and ends up at a completely different tempo right, and that this was the music that um hit me when I was when I was an op- when I was an empty cup, you know so to speak <laughs> like just like it became the template you know like when I was very impressionable. And 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 so yeah, like it totally makes sense that <clears throat> that music that isn't perfect, um, or that or that speeds up and slows down, or that is like maybe a little sloppy or whatever. Just that, the, the fact that music can do that. Yeah, like and, that. But that that is um, that that's what I emotionally respond to the most. Mm. Like it shouldn't be a surprise. Because of, you know, that's that was the music I was exposed to, you know. Um, yeah, that's how the that's how most of the records were made in the '90s <laughs> for the stuff that we listened to. So right, <clears throat> yeah. So of of course it it doesn't feel wrong whenever I hear music that does that now, right? Whereas if you're if you grew up in a different era. <clears throat> And you hear music that's like deviates and is all over the place. That probably feels wrong. Yeah, I wonder. That's what I heard someone say, and um, I can't remember her name, and I feel really bad. But she did an interview on the URM podcast that was really, 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 really good. What is URM? Um, Ultimate Real Metal. No, no. Unstoppable recording machine. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> is that what it is? But uh, <clears throat> but URM, uh, they're they're actually this really really cool. Um, oh my god, I can't. I'm not gonna find that right now. I'm, um, I'm, I'm buzzed right now. But no, it's <laughs> ran by this guy named Al Levy, and he used to play in a band called uh, Dath. D A A T H. And he started like this. It's basically like an online recording school okay. for that specifically caters to rock and metal. Okay. And so like you can go and you can like pay, you know, like your monthly fees or, and all that sort of stuff. And what's really rad is that every month they have like a special like guest. I mean, this is what they were doing. I don't know what they're doing now. They would like, you know, oh man, let's have fucking Jens Borgen come in here and fucking like show us how he mixed a fucking, you know, Demi Borgir track or whatever. And like, they give you the stems, like try and mix this shit yourself. And then we're going to have like a, a two hour, like, you know, oh, wow. z- live session or whatever, where you can ask him questions. You know what I mean? And, and it's yeah. really fucking cool. That's cool. And yeah. so the podcast itself would be sort of an accompaniment to that where they just have like interviews with all these amazing metal producers and shit like that. Yeah. And so just such a cool resource. Mm. And, um, but he interviewed a producer on there and she, she had worked with like Prince a lot in the early eighties. And she was talking about how like teaching 
audio engineering and whatnot now and and like this idea of perfection and this idea of you know she's like to me you know something speeds up you know like the drummer's really you know like really um pushing this fill you know because of the excitement of the music so it speeds up a little bit you know she's like in classical music you just call that a performance gesture it's it's not wrong. It's it's unique to that player and how they interpreted that music for that specific performance. Right. And she and she was talking about like explaining that or talking about that with students. And she said it was interesting because after they after she talked about it, they were like, oh, okay, yeah, I see that. I, I see what you're saying. That makes sense. Okay, that's cool. And then she's like, So do you still want to change it? And they're like, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You know, like, no, 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 put that shit on the grid. <laughs> it sounds wrong to me. Right. Yeah. You know, because they've grown up. If you're younger, you've grown up, you're, you're, you've grown up more accustomed to hearing perfect music, you know? So it sounds, it sounds kind of wrong in a way that stuff doesn't sound wrong to us. It just sounds like, oh, that's the thing that's happening there. Yeah. Yeah, that is a that is a weird. I mean, we had talked about uh, at some point, sort of delving into that topic of um, kids these days. I guess I, I don't know how to really phrase that, but like how people uh, view performing music mm-hmm. and the level of perfection that they feel like right. they need to get to. Right. Um. And, and the reasons for that and things like that. Uh, and that seems like another part of that. Like I, um, the, uh, the, uh, Polyphia just put out a new song with Steve Vai. Yeah. Guesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And I, I listened to that and they do a lot of sort of similar things in some ways where they will change tempos in different parts of their songs. And, to me, it's like to no real effect other than to just do it. And they're, they're like the prime example to me of like the band who is the, the, I don't know, the current popular band, I guess, who's like absolutely perfect at everything they do. Sure. But it, it does nothing for me. Um, but it's objectively like incredible. Yeah. And like it's flawlessly done. Right. Uh, and that's one of those weird situations where it's like, I don't know, that, that that's maybe a bad example because those people are so fucking good at what they do. Yeah. It's, it's no, clearly it's, what they want to be doing. It's no disrespect. Like it's no, it's not a judgment. It's not a, it's, it's just sort of like, like they're a younger band. Their demographic is younger. Right. I, you I, know? I guess what I'm curious about is like how they got to that point right, right, yeah, of like, performing the way that they do sure like what it's were their so influences what what did they listen to yeah you know i mean obviously to have steve Vai on there that kind of tells you a little something but then what sure. he, i don't know the, the solo he does on that song is like mm, this is not <laughs> not really great <laughs> and you're, you're really old at this point steve Vai, but man you're good but i don't know this doesn't sound great <laughs> man <laughs> I, feel, I feel shitty for saying that but uh I don't know. That was, a, that was just a weird juxtaposition. I feel like I'm in this really, really weird spot where I'm like old enough to to feel like I should really, really, really have something to say about Steve Five. 
but I'm young enough to have like missed the boat. <laughs> I mean, kinda, um, kinda. The only like piece of music that I've heard Steve Vai play that I like really like connected with. There's like a Zappa record that he's on, like the live one of the live. Yeah, because he played with Zappa for a while. Right, live, whatever, whatever. You know, in the late seventies. Yeah. Um, something it's like one of the most famous zappa live records um and i really really love that but um (laughs) yeah i mean he did a few solo albums in the in the 80s that i i think he played with with david lee roth he played with he played with roth as well you know yeah um and again like i have man i am absolutely not going to i have nothing negative to say about steve Vai, but it's it's also like that 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 guitar hero thing never did much for me. Sure, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I as a guitarist, it kind of never did for me in a way either. Like, sure. I didn't. I, I definitely didn't find it aspirational, and I didn't listen to a lot of it. But like, there's stuff that he did that was like, I absolutely amazing. Like, uh, uh, for the love of God is a, is an amazing track, mm. uh, and just this shit that he came up with for that out of this world but uh he the the thing that i enjoy the most that he did weirdly enough was the the whole suite of solos in the movie crossroads yeah (laughs) where he plays like the devil's hired gun Uh guitarist uh, and he's just like doing guitar battles with a ry cooter Oh right, yeah. Is who's okay. actually playing the stuff that uh uh Mach- Ralph Ralph Macchio's playing? Yeah, in the movie. Uh, well, a lot of it, a lot of the stuff Steve Vai himself is just doing back and forth. Okay, but then for the for for certain parts of it, it's Ry Cooter doing. Okay, it. okay. But uh, that I was able to like learn that that whole section that Ralph okay. Macchio plays. Oh, okay. That I think Steve Vai actually plays. Sure. Uh, and I really love that, but like, that's my, that's my, like the thing that I grabbed onto the most. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like you said, like the guitar hero sort of thing, the G4 tour, the G3 tours where it's like Vi, Satriani, Eric Johnson. That was the first one. Maybe Petrucci at some point got in there. Maybe like Kenny Wayne Shepard maybe got in there at some point. Uh, they, they started having other people uh, come in at some point. Um, that music never did a lot for me. Me neither. The 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 craftsmanship sort of and the the uh the ability to pull it off uh-huh. like blows my mind. Sure. Absolutely, sure. Yeah. Uh but the musician or the the the, the songs themselves never really There's a I, every interview, everything I've I've ever heard like every time I've heard like Steve Vai speak about anything, he seems like an absolutely lovely man. Totally. So um, I I have nothing negative to say. Yeah. Um, there are some funny. Devin Townsend did a podcast where he just sort of like would spend like two hours talking about each album, right? That he had done, and when he's in like the city era or whatever, he's talking about he talks a lot about Steve Vai because he was Steve Vai's like vocalist for a while. Yeah. And there's some funny fucking shit in there. Um, <laughs> there's some interesting Steve Vai stories in there. Mm, okay. Um, but basically when they did city, uh, you know, Devin had a lot of negative stuff attached to that touring cycle, you know, the, uh, for that Steve Vai record or whatever, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And, um, 
And so like his infantile, immature way of like working through that was sort of like, I'm going to record the Strapping Young Lad record at Steve Vai's studio. And so... <laughs> and to file this place. You basically. Yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. Uh, but... I mean, I think I kind of... Thinking about it a bit more, I, I feel like I probably reacted... Because I came up as... I came up in the 90s learning guitar with those guys sort of looming large. Right, right, right. You know? the, the, it's, it's, those were like the guys that were sort of like... You're supposed to love these guys. These are the these are this is it. Right. You know. You, you need Steve Vai, Joe Satriani. Yes. Eric Johnson, who I did love a lot of stuff from, but still lumped in there. Uh but I remember when um Buckethead's album Monsters and Robots came out mm. uh and became sort of a thing. I really latched onto that. I see. Because it was fucking weird. Right. But it was as good as those guys. Sure. Technically. I see. Like, he could clearly play, Buckethead could clearly play anything that they could play. But he was doing this weird this shit. weird shit. And I was okay. like, that's what I like. I mean, like, like Les Claypool like, helped produce that album, and Booty Collins was on that album, and right. all this stuff. So it was like way more interesting in that way. There's something interesting there. There's something there's something fundamental there. Um there's a thread there because of sort of like of that time period, right? Because we talked about this with Dime how like Dime's solos and like his approach to like virtue virtuosic virtue virtuosity virtue yeah, virtuosotic <laughs> virtuosotic um guitar playing how it changed on Far Beyond Driven. Yeah. And how it got weird. Yeah. And and I I posted it was like this is like Far Beyond Driven is like like he, that's why he will as long as people play the guitar, you will all you will have to talk about Dimebag Daryl. And and I think a part of it is is because of like not just the sort of guitar hero amazing stuff that he did on the first two Pantera, you know, Cowboys from Hell and Vulgar, but that knowing he could do anything and then he chose to go fucking goofy yeah. and approach solos in such a weird, interesting, but emotionally affecting way. <clears throat> The way that he did on Far Beyond Driven and like Great Southern Trinkill of, you know, like trying to do something novel, trying to do something, trying to like express an, a unique emotion, a un, you yeah. know what I mean? Instead of just shred, you yeah. know, um, or just show off a melodic prowess or whatever, you know. And, yeah. and I wonder if like that's like a theme for the fucking 90s in a way almost. Um, I don't know. Like this kind of like deconstruction of technicality in a way yeah i could see it because that was that was what the 80s metal scene was like built on right yeah like, like man man eddie van halen sent us down a path did he not yeah exactly <laughs> exactly eddie and then ingve popped up and you know everything was absolute perfection and then paul gilbert is as well oh, in there sure and dudes like that like Amazing, but that's uh, still Eddie, man. That's Eddie kicking the door open on all that, isn't it? Really? I think. I mean, he he certainly, I think, lit a fire in everybody's ass. Because that's like 1978, and that yeah, and that's the thing too is that, 
man, Van Halen is so unique because yeah, you have this guy who's like elevating the capability of the instrument and his band is an incredibly popular band. Yeah. Yeah. It, because those two things don't normally. Yeah. Like you can, you can talk about all you want. Steve Vai and Satriani and all these dudes, but they never had the level of fame, like wide fame, that right. Van Halen of has. like cultural relevancy. Cultural relevance, that's you know, much better that, that a Van Halen has. Yeah, you know. totally. Um, and few, few like guitar heroes have had that, like Hendrix. You know, sure, Stevie Ray Vaughan probably. If you want to count him in there, you don't have to count him in there. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I love C. Vaughn. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have. I have a. Well, I don't know, man. I've had one bad, one really, really bad experience with a Stevie Ray Vaughan acolyte, if you uh, will. Okay. So that's. Uh, I can, uh, for what it's worth, I can see that. I can yeah. understand that. I mean, so you, like, whenever Johnny Cash covered "Hurt," okay, a, and Trent Reznor was like, "That's his song now." Okay. You know, that that's how it was. I think with uh, he wasn't alive at that point, but I, to me, that's how it came across when uh, Steve Ray Vaughan covered "Little Wing." I got you. for Hendrix. Yeah, like yeah, he yeah. made that. He Hendrix's version is still that song, but to me, Steve Ray Vaughan just like made that his own or, thing. Or like Dimebag and Planet Caravan. Or is, that is yeah. a good example. There's another too. good example. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, sure. Like oh, you have set up shop. <laughs> Inside of this song, <laughs> yeah, you live here now. <laughs> pretty much, like you, you can have that one. Pretty much. Um, I don't know. I love Steve Vaughn. I never, I never have problems. But I can see how you would have an interaction with somebody who would give you a problem with Steve Vaughn. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's a whole subset of fucking guitarists who are really into Stevie Vaughn and Eric Clapton that are goddamn dog shit. Yeah, guitarists sure. to fucking play with they are sure, sure they are the worst musicians um to ever fucking play with i cannot express this enough um because mm-hmm. and and I've, I've 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 gotten paid to work with some of these people and it was terrible um and because like this one motherfucker this was like okay cool i'll count the song off we'll jam He's like, one, two, three, four. Like, he just starts soloing. Like, he didn't even establish a groove or a chord progression. Fuck all nothing, man. Just fucking started throwing licks, man. And all he wants from me is to play boom, Like, he just wants me to be a metronome that fucking loves what he's playing. And oh, it's off. Uh, um, I mean, yeah, I. I mm, and but yeah. in another regard, but that that guy was like, that guy was really into Steve Ray Vaughan. Um, so that kind of is what soured me on the whole thing. But there's, I mean, a, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I would say that the that Double Trouble did anything particularly incredible on their own. Like they were a great foundation for what he was doing. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of what they were. Well, no, 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 no. I disagree. Yeah. I would, I would disagree with that, and I w- and I would say like the drumming, like the the drumming f- done. I can't think of the drummer's name, and that's an absolute disservice to him because he's an incredible drummer. That that's like playing that blues rock style is is v- it's very unique, 
in a way that's not very flashy. And so it's not sure. very, it's not like, it's not a bunch of, it's not something that like, it's going to be real exciting for like drummers to learn, but it, it is unique and it's, and it is, it's tricky. Like, and you don't really, I didn't really understand how difficult it was to make that shit work until I joined a cover band. And sure. sure. And luckily I was sort of like the backup for like the main drummer. So I got to like do rehearsals with the main drummer of like, all right, try to play that song, Richard. <laughs> and I try to play like fucking Hey Joe, you mm-hmm. know, or ZZ Top or some shit like that or whatever. And he's like, all right, so that was, let's try that. So let me show you how to do it. You know what I mean? And it was just, it was such a cool, Mike Grove, man. Shout out to fucking Mike Grove and Al Hayes, man. Love you guys. Um, But I never would have thought that that music would have been so fucking difficult to play until you take you take what the drums do, like listen to a Stevie Ray Vaughan song. Yeah. If there's any drummers out there listening, listen to any random fucking blues rock Stevie Ray Vaughan song and and like imagine taking the drums away and now that's all you. Like that's like that feel, that pocket, that solid foundation. That's gotta all come from you. Mm-hmm. And wherever, like you know, wherever Stevie Ray pushes or pulls or whatever, whatever he reacts against or to, you do not follow him, sir. You, <laughs> you keep that foundation because that's your fucking job. Sure, you know, yeah. and it it's unique, man. It's a different, it's a different kind of discipline. That's. It's like you need to be S tier fundamentals at that point. What do you mean? What's that mean? Oh fuck! You don't play video games. <laughs> <laughs> you need to be top level fundamentals. <laughs> well, it, it's not even. I wouldn't even say that. I wouldn't even say fundamentals because what they're playing is. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's a fundamental. Um, mm. It's just. It's just a unique skill set. Okay. That... Like Liam Neeson is what you're saying. <sighs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> he will find you. Well done. Well done, well done. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, it's just a, it's a very because like when you're a young drummer, you hear you hear like or when you're like a young drummer in the fucking nineties, you hear Dave Lombardo, you know, playing. You know, or you hear like Raymond Herrera, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Or fucking Danny Carey or all these things. And you're like, that's exciting. Oh, my God. That'll be so amazing to play. Or even like Neil Peart, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't hear the guy in Double Trouble going. You don't hear that and go like, right. oh, fuck, yeah. You know. Um, yeah, right. Exactly. You hear that and go like, my friend's dad listens to stupid music. <laughs> You know, uh, I mean, it was it was never for me. It was never like even derision towards them. It was just mm-hmm. like they're obviously doing a great job at keeping things under control. Because look at what fucking Stevie Ray Vaughan's doing over here, right? Just going off in his own world, making his ugly faces, go, playing some of the best shit of all time. So clearly, they're doing an amazing job. Otherwise, he wouldn't have them there. Like Chris Layton. Chris Layton. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's the drummer. Wait. God damn it. Ooh, I, oh. I just, I got to get this guy's name right. Um, Shout out to Chris Layton, though, whoever you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's certainly one of the drummers. Okay. okay. Um, one of the founding members of Double Trouble. So, all right. 
Chris Layton and all of his successors. I don't have. His <laughs> <is> progeny. <laughs> uh, he also played with Kenny Wayne Shepard. Okay. Uh, so, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, just. But yeah, like. You need to you need to be good at what you do to keep up with the with guys like that. Yeah, well, I, it's I think it, that that be, that's pretty obvious. I think it's just a, it's a specific thing, man. Like, and it's yeah. and it's a thing that you can't fake. Like, you have to have done that. You have to have you know learned that discipline, and it's an art form in its own right. Yeah, you know, and honestly, that's probably a compliment paid to them that I don't necessarily notice anything that they're doing because this, that's the entire point right this is when i that thought right there is when i realized that steve ferroni is maybe the best goddamn drummer alive <laughs> and he is <laughs> he played drums on tom petty's album wildflowers um okay. i knew i'd heard that name yeah and so i that had become one of my favorite albums and was one of my favorite albums for like five seven eight years you know like I got it not long after it came out and it and and it and you know what I mean and I wasn't it was like 2005 like almost 10 years into having and loving this record knowing every lyric knowing every song frontwards and backwards before I noticed the drumming and then that was when it hit me that's when I realized I was like oh my god that's what great drumming is in this genre in this in like singer songwriter pop folk or whatever that's yeah. what that's the s tier drumming nailed it is the is you know whenever you know whenever it just makes the song amazing but you don't notice it yeah and so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i can't say enough good things about that record <laughs> um I, I will. I will. I will end up. We will end up doing an entire episode <laughs> on that album for sure. I would expect guaranteed, no less. Guaranteed. 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 Uh, uh, it was only very recently that I, I don't know. I was for some reason I got it on. I, I started listening to a bunch of Tom Petty songs the, the other you month. You really or, can't go wrong. Yeah, I've always loved a lot of his stuff. But <laughs> drop that needle any goddamn where. <laughs> but it it never hit me just how many tracks are off of his solo stuff yeah in like dude. 92 94 i was like i know all these songs i i think what it was it was like i know all the songs that i know let me see let me see where they come from let me see mm. which which tom petty and the heartbreakers albums they come off <laughs> it's, of it's, oh it's none of them it's just it's his fucking like solo full albums moon, what full moon fever yes. or whatever wildflowers yeah. wow um wild. wildflowers wildflowers <laughs> wow wow so yeah, weird. Yeah, man. Yeah, like that. But seriously, like that that album is and like now when I listen to it now, it's crazy because to me the drums are so it's such a drums forward record. Like the drums are really loud in the mix to me mm. on Wildflowers and it's a very but it's still a very like minimal product. It feels like a very minimal production. It's a very clear production. You can hear goddamn everything. It's happening on there. It has like that same sort of clarity that you hear. I mean, it sounds silly, but like in like a Pantera production, like on those first like two Pantera, he's like, oh, that's exactly what the bass is doing. That's exactly what, oh, you, know, you hit a ride. You hit the bell of the ride. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Or you hear absolutely every note of every instrument. 
they they're those kind of productions, you know. And so right. for, but for the music to be as minimal as it is, and to feel as sensitive as it does, and to be so drum forward, that's what makes it. That's why Steve Ferroni is goddamn a god tier fucking drummer because that means he's he's hitting that snare in the exact same spot every fucking time right that it is and he's hitting the hi hat in the exact same spot he when he when his accents are the exact same as all the other accents for it to create for it to be as exposed as it is but it for yeah. it to not distract from like the minimal guitar playing of Tom Petty and like the, you know, cause he doesn't, he's not, a, you know, he's not fucking Robert Plant. Like his voice is like, I don't, delicate's not the right word, but you know what I'm saying? It's like low key. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. He's really chill. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so when yeah. you have like, so. over like, that kind of like almost talking in key. Yes. Thing yeah, there you go. Yeah. Talking key. That Tom Petty does and it and it works. God damn. Yep. God damn it, guys. God damn. Fucking Steve Ferrone. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Consistency is a skill you have to have in that situation. Dude, that guy. Jesus. Oh. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Anyway, but but yeah, like, why are we talking about Steve? Oh, yeah, we're talking about guitar heroes. Guitar. Yeah. Guitar heroes. Guitar and heroes. I think Steve Ray Vaughn is why Jeremy started playing guitar. Huh. I think he saw some Steve Ray Vaughn shit and was like, oh, my God. Hmm. Yeah. So, but. I, fair, yeah. Dude was fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had another, like, weird interaction here, actually, with a dude that came here to do some stuff. I'd actually worked with him before. He had he was building a studio at his house, and he had paid me as like a drum consultant, basically, like to help him buy a really awesome drum kit for his studio. And you were like, my my consultant uh, advice is get a friend to make it for you. <laughs> well, he'd already built the studio. No, the drum oh, kit. <laughs> yeah, that would have been that would have been ballsy. <laughs> I was like, you'll have it in two years. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what up, Zach? Um. And yeah, and that was real frustrating in its own way for like just a. Have you heard me like give my my my, my bullshit spiel about why I hate DW drums? No. <laughs> oh, you I haven't. Don't oh. think so. Okay. Uh, if it's happened on one of these podcasts, then I am proven wrong. <laughs> so let the record show. This okay. DW makes great fucking drums. All right. First and foremost, but I fucking I get mad every time I like if I ever show up to a studio or or a gig or something. There's already a drum set, and I play a snare. I'm like, man, this snare sounds awesome. And I look and I see it's DW. I get fucking pissed, um, <laughs> because DW is every guitar player's favorite ba- brand of drums. Okay, all right, like that's like if you talk to like some random guitarist who has, I mean, our older guitarist who has. Really expensive guitars. They all think DW makes the best fucking drums. If you um, play a PRS, then you like yeah, DW then you're drums. gonna think that DW makes the best drums. Okay. Now here's the thing, DW. What DW's done marketing wise is just really inter- Is just really smart because most drum companies 
Tama, Pearl, like you can buy a fucking $500 entry level Pearl kit. You can buy a $1,200 like mid level Pearl kit, or you can buy a $5,000 blow your socks off fucking Pearl kit. Okay. Okay. Like your export series, your whatever series, your master series, you know, and they all got, you know, whatever. They all got different lines or whatever. Yeah. DW only puts the DW logo on the high end shit. Okay. They have a separate company called PDP. Right. That they do all their entry level, you know. Yeah. Your Gibson, your Epiphone. Your, yeah, 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 sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically, basically. Yeah. And so, but, but what that means is that anytime you have seen a DW drum and you've heard a DW drum, you're hearing an amazing drum because okay. it's the top shelf, right? But You've probably heard a real shitty Tama drum set and a real shitty Pearl drum set. And you've probably heard a really some really good ones too. You know? Because sure. you can't look at a you can't look at that Tama logo and know if it's a star classic or a fucking Imperial Star or Rock Star or whatever, you know? And so but just because of that, I got so mad because he gave me his budget and I like worked within that and I just put a lot of time research and trying to figure out exactly what he wanted and like I think this is what will do it within that budget and then he was like well I just decided to get a DW and these other symbols instead anyway <laughs> for like much more expensive and I was like you fucking dickbag well <laughs> like you just paid me to tell you that it was okay to spend that amount of money fuck off <laughs> Uh, um, I guess if you're the kind of person who can pay someone to do that, then fucking whatever. <laughs> yeah, nice guy, nice guy. Okay, like I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to sure. on him. But um, but anyway, but but he, uh, you know, he came here because he wanted me to help him with like a song he was working on, and this was wild because he plays it for me, and I'm like, this isn't a song. <laughs> um, this is a feel. Like this is this is like a vibe. And this is you just soloing over this vibe, you know? Okay. I was like, here, let's jam, you know? Pick a tempo, pick a key, whatever. Let's just jam. And so we start jamming. And, like, within, like, a minute or, like, two minutes or whatever, I'm like, you've run out of ideas, and I can tell. Mm -hmm. Because you are not thinking harmonically. You are not thinking about chord progressions. Okay, like Eric Clapton's your hero, fine, whatever. You, you know, Eric Clapton was still an incredible rhythm player, right? Like I grew up like seeing the VHSs of like Eric Clapton playing like with Phil Collins and Nathan East and shit like that, like Eric Clapton and Friends, you know, or whatever. Where yeah. You were like, here's Eric Clapton backing up Phil Collins while he does In the Air Tonight, all right? I was like, Eric Clapton knows how to make, this is the thing, Eric Clapton knows how to make other people sound good. I'm like, Eric Clapton can just fucking chill and play chords and be a great rhythm player and enhance the rest of the music that's going on. Right? Um, I was like, you're just trying to do the cool shit. You got to go, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. You got to go study your chord change. You got to go study all that harmony and shit like that because that's how, that's how you're going to be able to keep your ideas and, and keep these things going. You know, like don't, don't try to play what Clapton plays. Try to try to imagine you're hearing what Clapton's hearing, right? Like, like you need to hear the rest of the band. Like you need to be listening to what that drummer's playing. You need to be listening to what that rhythm guitar is playing. You need to be listening. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah. 
Um, it was fucking wild to have like that experience of, of sort of like, like you've gotten so far in this and, and you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, like you've never been responsible for making someone else sound good. Yeah. The, there's a weird, well, I'm not going to get into that analogy, but like I have a similar understanding of playing guitar where like if you're, if you are at the level Clapton is at or, or guys like that, stuff like riffing on lead parts and solos and whatever, it kind of comes like second nature. Mm -hmm. It becomes like a thing that is more of a feel than you're actively thinking a lot about. Okay. I think a lot of the time. Uh, whereas you're able to think about the things happening behind the scenes more. Sure. Um or maybe vice versa sometimes. Maybe you're able to automate the stuff behind the scenes and the core changes and whatever and think more on the, the lead playing, I guess. But, like, I was never able to internalize. I never got good enough at that part, the, mm -hmm. the sort of base, the, the foundational part, that I could have the rest of it go on autopilot. Well, I thought about the other things. I was well, the, the every every bit of it was always in the front of my mind. Well, that was never a style you were attracted to, though. Well, I right. I, I would. I was attracted to it in some level. Like I always, like I said, I'm a huge fan of Stevie Ray Vaughan a lot of the times. Right, and okay. stuff like that. Uh, I don't like Eric Clapton, so, so there's that. <laughs> like as a person or as a player? Yes. Oh yeah, I don't like him as a person either. Both. Um. Oh, okay. Both. But, like, I mean, I fucking love Zeppelin, and it's kind of the same thing in some ways. Uh, <clears throat> Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Page is Jimmy playing. Jimmy World Page? Jimmy World Page. Jimmy Page World? <laughs> I was going to say Robert Page. Uh, his playing is the same in some ways, but... Um, also, our music never called for that. So that's another part of it. Right. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. when I did play with other people, I was never the kind of player who could do those sorts of things. Yeah. I guess is what I mean. Sure, yeah. Um and that's that's a thing that you need to be able to do, I think, to make that sort of Eric Clapton-ish thing happen to yeah. to the full effect. Right. Yeah. yeah. You well, can't you can't just come out with I thought of a cool lead part yeah. and that's it. Yeah. You you have to have a there that's has to be a rationale behind it and that means having uh, a rhythm, a uh, rhythmic and or harmonic progression behind it. Yeah, so, like you gotta, yeah. Ha it's gotta be a, a song. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, I mean, like, and you can have songs that are like chord based, um, or you can have songs that are riff based, um, right? You know, and a riff, a riff can be anything. I'm using the term riff real loosely. A riff could just be a hook. You know what I mean? It doesn't it doesn't have to be a you know. Yeah, but that gives you a foundation to build upon. Yeah, uh, like, uh, of any sort. Yeah, like and so like by, by a riff, I mean a part that has to be played like that way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Whereas it's, you it's, can have music that's chord based, and it's like, well, you just have to like you just have to fucking hit that C major seven, and you gotta hit that F. Major yeah, seven. we're going from here to here to here to here. How you get there, whatever. Whatever. 
Just yeah. those, we need some subset of those fucking notes so that this melody works over it. Right. <laughs> you know, um, or you can be a riff where it's like, it's got to be that. It's got to be that thing, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And you need to be able to hold that in your head while you're doing whatever it else is yeah. that you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. But yeah, it's, I don't know. I feel like that's, that that's, you could have done all that if you would have been in a, in a band that called for it. Maybe. Um, or if you would have been interested enough in that thing. I, I was certainly never interested in doing that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I like Maybe. the, I like the idea of you like busting into the garage and being like, all right, I already introduced you guys to Meshuggah and made y'all play shit like that. But now we're doing one, four, five bitches. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> 12 bar blues. <laughs> Suck my dick. <laughs> ZZ top all night long. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, I like the thought. I like that thought. So, but um, yeah. You got anything else? <sighs> I think I'm pretty good. Yeah. I don't want to talk about Eric Clapton anymore. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, I'm not gonna open that up. <laughs> I have I have so many like. <sighs> that's beside the point yeah, of the yeah, fucking yeah. conversation. To the. To 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 to, to... <sighs> whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. But cool. All right. Cool. Well, adios, party people. So this will this is the first rando cast. So. <sighs> yeah. Unscripted. Un filtered mm-hmm. unsolicited perhaps. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so if you don't if you don't like these then harass everyone who's ever been a guest on the podcast and make sure that they never cancel because this you're, you're going to get one of these every time that someone cancels. True. <laughs> if, you, if you don't like these, uh, tell a friend and tell them to come on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be yeah, reliable. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. If you know anyone in the greater Houston area. <laughs> Who wants to talk about the sugar for now? Literally, yeah.